The whole thing. They were on the ground. Boots on the ground. Adam Curry. John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, January 19th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 375. This is No Agenda. Clearly suffering from mass hysteria at Camp Mofo here in Austin, Texas, in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where... We haven't got a spreadsheet, no thanks. I don't know what's going on with PayPal. I'm John C. DeBoer. It's Craig Lawton Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> okay, vent your frustrations in the opening. That's if, right. If you must. And don't do that because, you know, people are like, oh, oh, they don't have a spreadsheet. Well, I'm not listening then. Well, what's the spreadsheet got to them listening? <laughs> because, you know, they're not going to mention I, my name. Yeah, well, here's yeah. why they want to listen because I've got some complaining to do. Uh-oh. Coming well, later. Okay. Well, first of all, in the morning to you there, Johnny Boy. In the morning to you, in the morning to all ships at sea, in the morning to all boots on the ground, and in the morning to all feet in the air. Hey, citizen. And, of course, in the morning to uh, all of our human resources, our, our citizens. Hey, citizen. Uh, all uh, charged up, ready to go in the chat room. Noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. That hey, citizen thing is uh, hey, citizen. really catching on. I'm getting emails all day long. Let People start hey, citizen. Hey, hey, citizen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's rivaling in, in the morning, I think. It's getting very close. Hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. <laughs> it's so friendly, yet so shut up, slavey. You know what I mean? It's really it's oh, yeah. good. It's a, great, it's a great little ditty. It's real. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, all right. So uh, we uh, what is wrong with PayPal? Uh, we've had nothing but problems with PayPal. No, we haven't had nothing but problems. We have prob- we've had problems over the last week. Uh, I've, we've got two accounts that, uh, there's an older account, which is, which still gets, uh, subscription income. Yeah. Monthly. And and it's still a reasonable size. And we have the new account, Mm -hmm. which is the no agenda show account specifically. And so I requested downloads of the data for the, since the last show, so we can uh, discuss the producers and all the rest of it. And I, I went through it, by the way, and I do have the executive producers for this show, but I had to go through page by page and pull them out by hand, Ooh, which was no my fun. Gosh. Manual like labor. Half an hour. Oh, manual labor. Because it's the cloud. You yeah. know, you click and you wait, <laughs> you click and you wait. It's the cloud. Oh, there we go. the cloud. Yeah. You go, you click to go to the next page, and because they only put 20 entries, you go to the next page, and, you, and it's, I determine it's between 7 and 15 second wait. You sure this isn't uh, SOPA somehow getting back at us for not going well, black? <laughs> well, Anon. Anon is, is messing with us. So, so anyway, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, so I, I call up for the no agenda. I, I, I request the no agenda spreadsheet, and then I request the older spreadsheet from the other account. And uh, the other account shows up in five minutes. Five. Two hours later, the, the No Agenda account has not shown any sign of life. Ah. This happened last week, and I called customer service, mm-hmm. and uh, they... What do uh, they say, actually? Now, does it sound like they're in jail? Does it sound like they're people who are working in jail? At, no. Uh, no, and it doesn't sound like a, a boiler room either. Because, you know, there's this report out about... Um, that they're in jail? <laughs> no, that the, that the biggest call centers now are staffed by prisoners. Oh, they're always women, so they'd have to be a woman's prison. Well, the picture, hey, the, yo. the picture that I'm seeing here uh, shows a lot of guys. Well, there was I, I last time I called, it was a woman, and she said, "Oh, she'll send email me the the download," which she didn't do. But the download showed up immediately after she hung up after examining the file, so I didn't care. This time I called, it was a little Filipino girl. Mm. And uh, how do you know she, she was? Did she say, "Hello, Mister Dvorak, I'm from Philippines." 
I, Ray, I know a lot of Filipino women since I was in school. We had a lot of them in the Bay wait Area. Minute, wait, here. Minute, wait a minute. And they have an accent that's very distinctive. Oh. So did you say, uh, hey, uh, when you, when you, I was not going to start her, were you chatting her up a little? Accusing her of being in the Philippines, which is one of the largest call center places. In the but, were you, but, were, but were you chatting her up a little bit, like, uh, while she's doing, while she's helping? I always try to chat them up, you know, and like be friendly. Were you doing stuff like saying she like... Uh, kind of baffled by the whole problem. <laughs> we saying like, uh, really hey, I went to school with a lot of your uh, country people. <laughs> your Filipinos. She was a Filipino. <laughs> so whatever the case, she, uh, I'm talking and she's trying to figure out what I'm talking about. And she's... And then she then, then I'm disconnected. Of course. She's like, now, screw, this, screw this, this guy. Click. Click. <laughs> I don't know what talking about. Bye. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's that. So I'm still waiting. So she did. So this hang up was this morning. Yeah, but that's lame. Didn't you call back immediately and and like get into I it? Didn't you just get into a queue? It was it was a very different experience this time from the last. Which I think I think they may have changed stuff. Well, yeah, because they went from the the Philippi, from the uh, from the jail system. You got patched through to the Philippines. I have no idea. They probably have customer service people all over the place. This is why we have no chance, man. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> We're all doomed. We have no chance whatsoever. Actually, I have a jingle for these things now. Hold on. Oh, yeah. 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 Regarding our PayPal spreadsheet. Technical malfunction. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, could you not hear it? I could hear it, but I couldn't understand it. Oh, well, and maybe that's the Skype connection. You can hear it quite well. Technical malfunction. Oh, technical malfunction. <laughs> yeah. I have that one handy now. Thank you. It's a little you. grandiose. Yeah, thank you, Marcus. That's uh, good. That's good. But we, while we're here, we might as well mention I do have the executive producers. We want to thank them right off the top here. Yes, you know, absolutely. Yeah, sure. And uh, we have two executive producers and surprisingly one, two, three, four associate executives. And I don't have all their notes but I do have some of them. See, that really blows. Are we going to, do you think we'll get the notes for the show? Because, you know, it's important people, the notes. No, these, I, they have the notes there. There was no real, there were these guys, none of them had real long notes. The, I mean, there's a couple of notes, but it wasn't like a long note that they're going to be upset about as long as we mm -hmm. do a couple of things. All right. All right. First of all, Michael Miller and Tiburon, uh, is or actually he's on, he's on behalf of Sir Gitmo Slave. Oh yeah, this was a big. Uh, everyone was uh, uh, pitching in to get Gitmo Slave a, uh, a knighthood. Gitmo Slave, of course, uh, really runs uh, the the infrastructure of the streaming server, and uh, and he coordinates a lot of stuff. Uh, Frank, right, it, Frank and is he his name. apparently, and he wants a twelve, twelve, twelve knighthood. Oh, he's and, wait a minute. Now he's demanding stuff. <laughs> no, he just he's <laughs> claims he's got the numbers for it. And we'll okay. take his word for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's demanding. And he wants you hey. to get a haircut. Yeah, cut your hair, bitch. <laughs> so so we got him. So this will $500. So he'll be an executive producer. Nice. Uh, and then we have uh, from Peter Gill from uh, Brisbane. Curious, we have two of our producers from Brisbane, Australia. And he wants karma for his, apparently his son, Charlie, whose birthday it is. We have to put Charlie Gill on today's birthday list, if you can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can do anything you need. So, uh, hold on a second. Birthday. And and Charlie's apparently had some medical issues recently that uh, that require karma. I and mean, he needs a karma call out. You've got karma. Then we 
we have uh, Norman McDonough in uh, Woodstock, Ontario, 200 bucks. So here's the, I got my second PayPal anecdote here. So I'm just asking, this is just to coders out there, to tell me I'm wrong on this. So I go, I page down, wait 15 seconds, page down, wait 10 seconds, page down, wait 10 seconds. And I come up with Norman McDonough, who's in Woodstock, Ontario, $200, associate executive producer. But I need to find out that he's in Woodstock. It just says his name. Right. So I click on the uh, details. Boom. It takes me to another page. And it says, there he is, Norman McDonough is in Woodstock, Ontario. And then it says at the bottom, return to my account. Now, do you think the code should return me to where I came from or reset the whole thing and take me right back to the first page? I think it should log you out. (laughs) (laughs) Did it? That's the way I code it. (laughs) Boom. So you went back to the login, like basically the top page. Yeah, so oh, I had to, to scroll back down oh, no. page yeah. after page. So yeah. I'm thinking, of course, I did. I corrected this error on my part by assu- making assumptions that they would do it right. Yeah. And so I had to do uh, open pay, you know, open a new window for each the guy. So anyway, but that just seems to me, what you know, am yeah. I right or wrong? No, I, I, uh, I, I, also, I, I, uh, just Brian, he doesn't want his last name, used $210.12, which is a, which I guess 21012, which I didn't mention in the email, is another... Uh, uh, palindrome, which I forgot. Oh, to. right. Well, we we sent out, to, or yeah, we sent out an uh, an email to everybody. Yeah, but for for the palindromes coming up, right. we got two one right. twelve. But I, I don't think I had two tw- two ten twelve, which is a blunder. But yeah. anyway, Brian came up with it. But he says he cal- he came up with it by paying two dollars for every episode he's listened to, which is reasonable. And just to pat myself on the back, because I brought in the big dough, two dollars and twelve cents for mm. the clip show. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Well, that's good. So we eat once again. Is that the basic message? The 12 cents worth. We got two more. Austin Voss, $200 from Calgary, Alberta. And he wants a a, a karma combined with the huntsman. Oh, okay. Let's see if I can do this. I'm sure I can. Uh, Yeah, it works. You've got karma. It's kind of nice where he says ching ching and we get the bell. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. And then finally, uh, also in Brisbane, uh, and he he did have a little note, but it was just accolades saying he loves the show, uh, $200. And those are executive producers and associate executive producers for show, whatever number it is, um, today. 375, uh, John. We have been together 375 episodes of the No Agenda Show. As some say, the best podcast in the universe. That is. I nice. thought that was a fact. <laughs> yeah, it's not some say. Well, I tried to look it up yesterday, but uh, Wikipedia was dark, so I, I, oh, I couldn't yeah. check, couldn't verify if we well, indeed were the best. Wikipedia is not dark today because we'll probably need it. <laughs> the, uh, but I want to thank all those uh, producers and executive producers for Show Three Seven Five, uh, Dvorak dot org slash na to help us out, continue to help us out. Also, uh, channeldvorak dot com slash na if you can't get to that other site, Dvorak. Uh, I'm sorry, and also noagendanation.com, uh, which is also a store, and uh, and noagendashow.com, where there's a donation button you can just click on, and it'll take you to uh, one of the donation pages. I right. think the page that we keep there. Yeah, turn it up for the kids right now, real loud. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Giving is loving. So give your love at giving loving. 
Giving Loving. Do we have GivingLoving.com? Uh, I was going to talk about our PR associates today. <laughs> we have uh, a number of uh, amazing domain names that once again are forwarding to NoAgendaShow.com. Uh, the first one, which is nice that it was available, unelectable.net. Very nice that that's forwarding to the uh, com website. Thank you very much, Sam. Good job on that one. And then we have uh, a plethora. We have givingloving.com, givingisloving.com. Uh, basically, if you um, uh, combine the words giving and loving, uh, you're going to wind up at our show site. Giving is loving. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's, <laughs> there's a short version of it, too. Hold on. Let me see. I want to play this one. Giving is loving at givingloving.com. It works for me. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go. I like the voice. Who is that? I don't, I forget. One of our producers, man. Our producers are yeah. awesome. They, they just make this stuff up and send it in. And they make like, it up as it goes along. Indeed. Good work. Hey, okay. Now, of course, there is something that everyone else out there can do. You can always continue to propagate our formula, which is as follows. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it loud and proud with me, everybody. Hey, citizen. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be hearing the hey, citizen for a while, I think. <laughs> I think you should somehow combine hey, citizen and squirrel. Uh, well, I don't know. Will that really I don't know work? how, but right. I'm just hey, saying. Hey, squirrel. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How Never does, mind. How does don't that work? Take my, uh, don't take my advice on these things. You'd just be making nothing but noise all the whole show. <laughs> yeah, like we used to do in the good old days. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, I'd like to uh, start off today. I mean, there's, there's so much obvious crap going on here in the United States of Gitmo Nation. But I think uh, what's happening in Europe is much more interesting. And Haiku Herman... Uh, he's re- he's he's off the rails, man. Uh, he's off the rails. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's 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 completely off the rails. So first of all, well, these guys are freaked out. Well, yeah, because and, standards. And before, are, you, yeah. before you go into that, I just want to just add a, a little piece of spice to the beginning of your what you're going to discuss mm-hmm. uh, with the, today's morning's New York Times on the front page of the business section. Syria. No, no, Syria. We were talking about afterwards. Okay, uh, but this, this one. When I read this, I said, "Oh, this should be interesting." I'll just read the headline. It was just. It didn't, I'm sure it's part of what you're going to. Hedge funds may sue yeah. Greece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it for if it is, tries to force a loss, I know. Isn't it great? Can you imagine the kind of mess that this could this if there? I mean, this is a nightmare. Well, what's interesting is that on Monday. Um, the Dutch, you know, in, the, in Gitmo Nation Lowlands is where they have the International Criminal Court in The Hague. You know, it's kind of like the, the Switzerland. And they also have miniature land in The Hague. Madura Dam. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he is opening up on Monday, the, the Minister of Finance, Young Case de Jager, who is an ICT guy. He's like a Microsoft integrations guy. I know him. He's now the Minister of Finance. Do you think these guys that have these meetings in the Hague go over to miniature land and walk around thinking that they, you know, oh, I feel so big. Ha, 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 ha. I'm a, a giant. I'm, I'm, crush, I'm, I'm crushing on you little peanuts, you little slaves. Hey, citizen. I'm stepping on you. Yeah, I think they do that. That's why it's built. They said, you know, we need a place to practice. <laughs> I mean, it's Majuro Dam. Look that up in the book of knowledge. 
So Young K is the Yager who was like, uh, I think he, his expertise was SharePoint, uh, is now the Minister of Finance. He will be opening up the new International Financial Tribunal in The Hague, which will mediate in disputes about complicated financial products. Now, this is very key oh. because that means it's coming. So they know that they're going to have all these disputes, particularly about um, derivatives. And uh, and the derivatives, of course, flows right into the insurance that people take out on uh, which hedge fund guys do on uh, on on defaults of loans. So they're setting up a court, which I'm sure will be really fair, <laughs> just like the International Criminal Court. They're setting up and they're ready because they know it's coming and and they've known it for a while. And so he's actually going to uh, cut the ribbon there and uh, and open it all up. So uh, let's listen to Euronews for a second, who report about uh, the Greeks on the streets once again. As the clock ticks on efforts to save Greece from bankruptcy, people in Athens have taken to the streets to protest against possible new austerity measures. The general strike coincided with the return of EU and IMF officials to the city. Without their approval, Greece will not get another bailout. But Greek workers have seen their income slashed in five years of cutbacks and they're not in a welcoming mood. They're going to impose even more harsh measures, this man says. More sacrifices will not save us from bankruptcy, this communist party leader says. The system must be overthrown. In one isolated incident, some turned their anger on a plainclothes policeman, but the protest was otherwise yeah. peaceful. Squirrel. Greece Squirrel. needs a 130 billion euro rescue package. But its leaders are okay. also trying to agree a deal with banks on slashing 100 billion euros off a 350 billion euro debt. Right. However, negotiations hit the rocks on Friday and were not due to restart until Wednesday. I love the hit the rocks thing, little reference there to the cruise ship, kind of cool. The industrial action brought Athens to a standstill, but it was unlikely to have the desired effect. Similar protests last year did not deflect the previous government from its path of austerity, and the current administration of technocrats is even more determined to push through the reforms the country's creditors are insisting on. Right. So, uh, shut up, slave, essentially. More austerity. I mean, how much more could you have? I mean, it's like you can only poop every other day or something. I mean, how much more problem can you give, can you give these poor people in Greece? <laughs> no pooping. <laughs> now, check this out. It's gotten so bad in Greece. Remember when we were talking about them selling off all their assets, basically, and just doing anything? You can now rent the Acropolis for $2,000 a day. You could actually rent it out for like a party. That's a good deal. That's a great deal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 2000 a day. That's nothing. Yeah. Could you imagine you'll hang up some mirror balls and get a DJ in there and some glow sticks? What a rave, man. We dropping some E. It'd be awesome. E, we'll call it Ecropolis. <laughs> Ecropolis. The, the white party. The white party at Ecropolis. Don't miss it. All right. So um, Haiku Hermits, so of course, uh, uh, Europe gets downgraded. We talked about this on Sunday. Just about every single country, except for the ones who think they're all safe, like Gitmo Nation Lowlands. <laughs> and uh, so uh, good old Haiku Herman, the president of the United States of Europe, has to come out and say something. Uh, I take notes, and uh, I will, of course, examine the consequences of the decision announced by Standard & Poor's. I love this. I take note. It's like noted. Isn't that one of our favorite sayings? Like, yeah, I've noted that. 
Will not reduce EFSF's lending capacity of 440 billion. EFSFS has sufficient means to fulfill its commitment under the current and potential future adjustment programs and will continue to be backed by unconditional and irrevocable guarantees by Euro area member states. That is unbelievable. I don't know if anyone realizes what he's saying, but he's saying that the fund remains to be backed by unconditional and irrevocable guarantees from the European member states. That means more austerity for more member states. That's what it sounds, it sounds Everyone's like. Everyone's committed. It's irrevocable. You can't go back. So where's it going to come from? It's going to come from Germany and the Netherlands and all the countries who weren't downgraded. G- congratulations. Hats of state or government... De- There's the hats of state again. Hats of He's state. Back with the hats of state. Cited the 9th of December. 9th. To advance the introduction of the permanent mechanism. Ah, now this is the one that I told you about, I think almost two months ago, the European stability mechanism. This is the thing that has un- that everyone's agreed to. It's been ratified. They ratified it in July of 2011. All the finance ministers, including the Microsoft's uh, SharePoint guy from Gitmo Lowlands, they said, yeah, we're good for it. We guarantee it. that's the irrevocable money that is going to come from the taxpayers in all of these member states. Yes, right. To July 2012, the ESM will have its own capital, uh-huh. its own capital base, and thus be less affected by ratings of euro area member states. Yeah. And then I will repeat what I said in my introduction. Huh. The adequacy uh-huh. of the overall lending ceiling of EFSF, ESM, of 500 billion will be reassessed by March 22 in 
a couple of weeks. Right. So I don't understand why there's not universal outrage. I think people just don't understand it or their their local media is not reporting on it. Um, but well, it's not re- being reported on to any extent for sure. No, because people would be outraged if they knew that every other country is basically everyone's bailing, bailing, out, bailing Greece. out. And it's not it's bailing out banks. Well, bailing out banks and it's it, right. The banks that are that are in debt to Greece, Spain, Portugal, Italy, the whole group of these, this whole group of Southern Europe countries or Southern European countries is it's just ridiculous at this point. There has, I mean, this is going to, this is, well, you know, well, we'll see what happens now. Now, Haiku Herman, here's the off the rails part. So I'm digging around on the EU site. He has an Ask Herman segment. Ooh, nice find. <laughs> it's actually called Ask Herman. <laughs> I'm so excited. So he takes questions and he and, and this and their YouTube videos and he answers the questions. And these and these I'm gonna play three questions with his answers. These are questions that I would want I would ask. And uh, he's such a bonehead that he's actually answering them. First question, of course, uh and he even just listen to how he's it's it's unbelievable that that they're doing this. I love it by the way. Thank you, Haiku. Keith Adams is asking me on Twitter. Twitter Please explain why and on what basis the European Union has forced democratically elected leaders in Italy and Greece out of office. <laughs> this is a great question. It's like, and that's exactly what happened. You forced out uh, Papandreou, you kicked him out, you put in a technocrat, a banker, uh, Goldman Sachs guy. You forced out, uh, uh, well, of course, we knew it was going to happen in Italy, but you put a, uh, a central banker shill in, another technocrat. So uh, what authority do you have to do that? Well, dear Keith, the European Union is not forcing anyone out of office. Oh, okay. All right. We didn't. What happened then? The leaders of the two countries you mentioned stepped <coughs> down either because they lost the support of their parliament or they resigned. <laughs> they just resigned. No phone call, no threatening letters, no email. They just said, you know, I think today is a good day to resign. The current leaders in Italy and Greece, Mr. Monti and Papademos, they both govern with the support of a parliamentary majority. Uh-huh. In Greece, elections will be organized next year. Yes. And people will have their say. Yes. In Italy, elections are foreseen at the normal date in 2013. Great. Okay. Well, then let's talk about that Euro thing, shall we? Quite a few question and comments arrived to me via the platform Debating Europe. And here is one. When you are going to stop kidding yourself and accept the fact that the Euro is dead. <laughs> That's a great question. When are you going to stop kidding yourself and accept the fact that the euro is dead? Well, stop this is a good question for Haiku Herman. Well, I'm convinced that the euro will continue to exist. Yes. We would all have too much to lose, both economically and politically. Wow, he's just saying it right there, politically. And I want to get—I want to stay president. I got a good gig yeah, here. He does. He's yeah. Yeah. If the euro ceased to exist, so this situation is inconceivable, oh. impossible, impossible. Some say politics is the art of the possible. Well, yeah. for me, politics is the art of making possible what is necessary. <laughs> In other words, Heil Herman, it's the art of making possible. What is necessary? It is necessary. It is very good for you, slaves. Now, the final one. I saved the best for last. 
I have a question from Leonardo van de Wiele of Antwerp. Very short one. The United States of Europe, what do you think about that? <laughs> How would you address this question, uh, John, as a professor in uh, political science? I would run from it, but I think he's he's probably going to he's going to sidestep the question as best he can because that has to be the way way this is headed. I mean, we're looking at a the fractal of course is the United States of America where you had the civil war over the, how much power the federal government's going to have uh and uh resulting in this uh unified country and I think this is what's they don't want to face the reality that that's what's going to happen here in Europe. Well, this is why uh, you're not president of Europe, John, because you have no idea how to answer these questions. Well, Leonardo, this refers to the American model. By the way, it is a very old expression. The French novelist Victor Hugo invented it halfway the 19th century. Les États-Unis d'Europe. And too bad you can no longer ask him. <laughs> because he's dead. <laughs> you can't ask him. <laughs> That said, America and the European Union are two different, completely different political systems. Okay, we go once again to our uh, political science professor, John C. Dvorak. How are the uh, United States of Europe and the United States of America completely two different political systems, John? Well, one's a classic, the United States of America, a classic federal system where you have the individual states having uh, sovereignty over the federal government although they keep trying to reverse that. Uh, the European system is a cooperative system with a bunch of unelected officials running it <laughs> in some way that's totally alien we know in the universe. This is a completely oddball experiment going on in Europe that makes no sense to any objective observer. There are one state and we are 27. So we are only one state, John? No. No, he just He's said got it. it wrong. He's no, crazy. No, <laughs> did I not predict that? We are one state. Let's just listen to that again. Are twenty-seven. They are. Oh, hold on. Let me just move move that back a bit. America and the European Union are two different, completely different political systems. They are one state, and we are twenty-seven. What the hell are you talking about, Haiku Herman? We're fifty states. We're not one state. They are united. We are a union. Oh, that's the difference. Oh, <laughs> they're united. We're united, and they're a union. What the hell is the difference between that? Well, for one thing, you'd have a bunch of unelected people running it, uh, running the union. <laughs> even the regular union, by the way, it's is a union. elected. Yeah, it's like a, It's not even like a union union. No, it's not even like a union union. It's just a bunch of a bunch of corrupt officials that somehow ganged up on the public, and the public was it was forced down the public's throat. You're going to vote against it? Vote again. Oh my goodness! Um, well, I, okay. So one of the sites that you should probably have linked on the show notes is debatingeurope.eu. Yes, oh no, I have it in the show. Of course, I do. Of course, which she has in there, and people should go check this out because it's got. It's essentially discuss your idea. This is like something Obama would do. <laughs> I think discuss your idea. Where's the marijuana legalization yeah, thing in here? We the people <laughs> discuss your ideas with Europe's leaders. Yeah, and it's just a Führers, bunch, which is a, a German bunch word of for bull leader. crap. Yeah, would ah. a financial transactions tax hurt Europe's economy? And then Sarkozy answers. Of course. And now they, there's a little phrase here. I never heard Mercosi. I think that's Mercosi. Yeah, that's the... You haven't heard Mercosi? 
No, I don't think so. Oh, no, that's uh, that's kind of the universe. Everyone's saying it now. All the kids are talking about it. I hear teenagers on skateboards. Hey, man, those McCursey guys, they're effed up, man. Like like anyone cares. I mean, from, yeah. time, to, from time to time, I'll scan like the biggest newspaper in uh, Gitmo Lowlands, the one everybody reads. And it's like soccer, soccer, show business, uh, distraction, uh, house fire. <laughs> that's the front page. And of course, I can I can read and parse that, so I can only imagine what most of the uh, uh, what most of the newspapers are doing. People, you think it's bad here in the United States? Huh? Huh? No, it's really bad over in uh, in Euroland. And uh, just to finish up my little rant here, so there's rioting in Romania, by uh, by the way, and we hear nothing about that. We don't. Hear, well, they should have a. <laughs> we don't hear nothing about anything like that. <laughs> we hear about the rioting they want us to hear about because of the suitcase and the internet, <laughs> or and, the internet uh, and the suitcase, whichever you prefer. And the uh, you know they we we should know about this rioting, but not that rioting. And I mean Bahrain is still a, a mess. And the only democracy now is the only uh, broadcast that covers it. And I don't even think they are covering the the Romania stuff, but I've heard about it. And uh, Croatia is going to vote on uh, Sunday uh, with a, in a referendum on whether they should uh, enter the European Union. Uh, really? Is that even a question at this point? You know, I bet you they vote yes. Oh, of course they do. I'm sure it's either rigged or they've been mind controlled or whatever. But well, I, I go to Croatia occasionally because I write for a magazine there because there's good and, hookers and uh, beautiful. I mean, was kind of still got a Soviet. Uh, griminess to it, but it's really a nice place. And uh, yeah, well, en- enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> the country is uh, really high on getting into the EU because they 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 have this Eastern European mentality that they can soak <laughs> soak them. Yeah, good luck uh, with that. I mean, the, the, I, I got an, an anecdote that just kind of typifies this because it's really part of the old Yugoslavia and they still have this certain way of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming in on a train from Munich going through Slovenia and then into Croatia. And I'm told, and I went to the, the Deutsche, uh, the D-Bahn, the Deutsche, the train system and you know, they have these big offices all over the place, you know, the, in Germany. And I had this Eurail pass and I went from office. It was, I was suspicious about it. I didn't think it could get me to Croatia. So I go into the, uh, the office with these Ger- this German, they're efficient Germans, and they look at, yes, you can, hey, no citizen. problem. <laughs> and so they tell me it's okay. So, well, it turns out it wasn't okay, and I figured it out why later. But So I go to Slovenia, and I'm in first class, because you might as well get the first class thing, the Eurail passes. Living high, high on the hog. I was living high on the hog. So, I'm in, so I, as soon as I get into Slovenia, some officious, officious guy comes up, and he looks at my Eurail pass, and he says, no, this is no good. Who are you kidding? And so I said, well, what? He says, this what? is no good. He says, it's no good. He says, I said, well, what am I going to do? He says, you can, pay, you can pay me and you can stay here in this okay. first class how thing. Much, and it was like five you, bucks, so it was okay. Did, okay. You, did you get a BJ with that? I wish. <laughs> so anyway, so there was, so I got, I stayed there and I said, oh, great. When do I get to the next border? So I go into the Cro- Croatian border. Same guy comes rolling through. He says, ah. This ah, is no good. This is no good. Give me another five dollars. Well, what am I going to do about it? <laughs> and this is more. This is Croatian compared to Slovenia in a nutshell. The guy winks and walks out. 
Hey, you're good with me, citizen. citizen. I don't care. He says, I'm not going to do the paperwork. You can stay on the train as far as I'm concerned. Ah, that's good. And that's Croatia. So, that, you know, you got to, yeah. you know, kind of project well, that. Into well, so the, the whole EU. thing in, uh, in Romania is they're so angry because, uh, hun- you know, now they've got hundreds of billions that, uh, that they owe. And, uh, and everyone's just saying, hey, our government, these guys just stole it. You know, there's and there's all kinds of uh, Romanian jokes like, you know, what is the stat? What is the Yahoo instant messenger status of the prime minister? It's always set to invisible, you know, stuff like that. So there's some humor there. Huge. Apparently, Yeah. We've got uh, uh, a couple of producers who are uh, keeping us up to speed on what's going on. But now they're protesting in London as well. I think it's time for a no fly zone over uh, Romania. <laughs> I got to implement that. I didn't know anything about the London protest. You think they report that? Uh, yeah, let's see. They're the most advanced protesters. They got all kinds of very ways. organized, very organized. Because of the kettling thing, they came once the kettling began. The the protesters became extremely organized, so that they can because yep. the the British and if you've been in these London streets, you can see how easy it is. You corner everybody, surround them, and you just keep them there for until they're bored stiff, and uh, <laughs> yeah. called kettling. kettling. And then uh, finally, uh, from uh, Baron von Pelsmacher, who's always keeping me up to speed with uh, another one of the great uh, nation states of the Union, that is the United States of Europe. Remember we were talking about how they are, are lowering the uh, amount of cash you can use to buy something, and it's now lowered to 5000 but they wanted to go to 3000 Now there are calls for the maximum amount of cash transaction to be €400. Euros. What? Oh, yeah. And they're just coming out now and saying, you know, we've got to stop all this uh, money laundering and the thieves are using cash. So you have to go to cashless. And of course, everyone's going like, oh, OK. Oh, all right. That's good. Yeah, you're right. We don't want nobody thieving, man. Let's, let's, just, let's just go to. Ca- hey, let's use near field communications on my phone. That, that's good. <laughs> the Baron is not they pleased. Sound just just like, like that. that. And the, the Baron is not pleased. He is not pleased, my friend. I wouldn't think. So that's uh, that's. You don't want to go to a cashless society, then you just essentially your whole life is in a dossier. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point. That's right. No agenda show. Keeping an eye on uh, the euro for you, letting you know what's going on. Well, it's 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 really gone. It, It popped up a little bit. 128 now but it was down to 126 and it's yeah, it's, it's trouble kind of, it's, it's trouble it's at, it's at a kind of a plateau it's trouble Let's see what it is right now a plateau but gold moving up again we're we get, we're inching up on 1700 and of course uh now they're predicting uh as uh as could be expected with all this bull crap about the straits of hormuz that we're probably going to be paying five bucks a gallon for gas yeah. Yeah, crude oil is up a little bit, but there's actually, as we speak today, at the moment that this is being done, gold is at 1654, down 590, oh. and the euro is up to a buck 29. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, so I guess Haiku Herman answering all those questions helped. It must have. It's like, hey, man. Temporary those, fix. Those no agenda guys are talking about you. Haiku, good job. Let's pop it up a, a penny. Good job. And meanwhile, uh, wow, I mean, it's so hard. These uh, these weeks are difficult when you have basically only two news stories. 
Uh, one, of course, being the uh, cruise ship, which uh, is just, I mean, I, I know aviation. I know nothing about nautical, um, so I can't really comment on it. But there's all there's so many conflicting but stories, and you know, I it's, do it's, like the, the I like the, I do like the framing of the story. I think it's hilarious, <laughs> not because people died, but because the, the the captain is portrayed as this you know open shirted you know gold chain wearing douchebag Italian <laughs> who ran off the ship yeah. before anyone else. <laughs> no, he fell into the, ship. he fell into the lifeboat, <laughs> and then. A, Apparently, the people that were on the ship that have reported on the various uh, news uh, mechanisms uh, all say that when they got on, they finally got to shore, the whole shore was the first people that were there were all the crew, this <laughs> lovely crew. <laughs> they all bails out. I mean, what kind of an operation are they running? These well, people are supposed to help you. Well, I don't believe we're getting any true information at all. I no, mean, but it's hilarious. It is. It is. I lo- but I love the, he tripped and fell into the lifeboat. That's kind of like, honey, I wasn't cheating on you. I tripped and fell onto her. You know, it's like, it just happened. <laughs> it was weird. but yeah, It was really weird. How I, just, I just tripped and fell onto her, man. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, this morning, just before the show started, uh, uh, finally, finally, we have uh, an actual... Reason to play the jingle. Adios, mofo. As uh, Rick Perry uh, leaves the race. Now, this kind of blows your prediction because he's now come out and he's endorsed uh, the Newt, Newt Gingrich. So it's going to be kind of weird if uh, Romney becomes president and uh, he wants uh, Rick Perry to be vice president. That's not going to work. Uh, I'm going to lose that prediction. Keep the prediction in the book. Well, you can't go messing with the book. I can't mess with the book, but I will say that he's going to have a hard time getting on the ticket at this point. And and if Romney Perry? gets in uh, as the choice, he could just go off the reservation and pick somebody like Gary Johnson. Or I think he has to pick a, 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 a Christian evangelical yeah. to make it work because of the Mormon thing. But he might he might not. I don't know. Where are all the Mormons Coming out with outrage about him uh, supporting abortion. How does that work? Isn't that like uh, in the Book of Mormon that that's not okay? No, I don't think the Mormons are really oh, are really? on that, okay. that topic. All right, then I'm just. They're more. I think they would be more interested in the f- the fact that he had a Coca Cola. <laughs> Why? You can't drink Coca Cola. You have to drink. The, you can't have caffeine. It's part of the religion. Oh, really? You cannot have alcohol. You cannot have caffeine. He's so handsome, though. He's such a he's handsome. Such a man. weasel. I mean, this question about—I think I have a little piece of it. I, I bet. Uh, I bet he's hot naked. I bet he's like really—you know—he's got a nice chest with nice chest hair. That's what. What do we want in America? Kind of like a. We know, want a Putin. Yeah, yeah. We want a Putin. He's got more hair on top. And yeah. a big motorcycle. Yeah. You know, this 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 on tax returns thing, which I actually could have clipped from the debates, but I took it off. It's Colbert, so there's some laugh track in the back. Uh. But Mitt Romney on tax returns is, I mean, this guy, he, he, he did the same thing on some other question. He just can't say yes and no. No. Isn't there another, there was a debate oh, on. That was, that was a clue for a clip. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> you weren't listening to well, me. I was, but I didn't understand the... Uh... Governor, will you release your income tax records? You know, I, I looked at what uh, has been done in, uh, in campaigns in the past with Senator McCain and President George W. Bush and others. Uh, they've tended to release tax records in April or tax season. But, you know, if, uh, if that's been the tradition, and uh, I'm not uh, uh, opposed to doing that, time will tell. I have nothing in, in them that uh, suggests there's any problem, and I'm happy to do so. I, I, I sort of feel like uh, we're, we're showing a lot of... Uh, uh, exposure at this point, and if I become our nominee, I'm. Uh, and what's happened in history is people have released them in about April of the coming year, and that's probably what I do. Well, he's like a filibuster, one man filibuster on all these questions. Can't he just answer them? By the way, I want to give you uh, kudos. Mm. I think you're the. I, I think I, we could have both said it, but you know, will Obama? Obama made a big deal about Sopa and Pippa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the question is, well, he talks a big game, but would he veto the bill? Uh-huh. I've got the clip. Oh. Oh. This 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 was a real, just a, this was a, a luck shot. It was like one of those, you know, shots in pool where you just hit as hard as you can and you come up with something. <laughs> this was from Bloomberg West on a, on a broadcast of this woman that does tech reporting mostly. She had Anish Chopra. You know, that CIO or whatever the hell yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, the, 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 he's the, Vivek Kundra's buddy. He's the CTO. He's the chief technology officer. Yeah, he's the CTO. Officer. He is worse than Vivek Kundra. He won't answer a question. Listen to his answer when directly asked, will Obama veto the SOPA PIPA if it comes on his desk? Now, the statement from the White House did suggest that you oppose this particular legislation. Is this something, if SOPA or PIPA crossed the president's desk, would he veto it? We said the principles would be met for us to engage on legislative activity to support this policy objective, that is to reduce the adverse economic effects of the loss of intellectual property uh, because of piracy. So we, in fact, have asked Congress for legislation. So I want to be very careful. We did not say anything specifically in opposition to a particular piece of legislation. We laid out our principles for how we would consider engagement. And we said we want legislation this year, but under these circumstances. And oh, by the way, I would also point out, one of our key uh, points in the letter was acknowledging that there's a lot we can do together absent legislation, and we will not wait for congressional action to keep moving to get voluntary industry standards activities. To tie it back to the energy discussion, the way in which the utility sectors voluntarily agreed to share data in a standardized format is a, is a voluntary action we celebrate today, much like the uh, content community and the tech industry might voluntarily agree on measures to reduce uh, the economic effects of piracy. And so we celebrated and encouraged those discussions to take place. Do you think there's an inherent conflict of interest between the protection of IP and the freedom of information? I mean, can the Internet exist without violating intellectual property? I don't see these as mutually exclusive. We yeah, so he didn't answer the question. He didn't answer the question, and he filibustered it. She doesn't follow up. No, with, hey, of course not. Ask you a simple question. She's already thinking about her next question. She's not listening. She's not listening. He goes on and on about God knows what. I don't even know what he He's said. He's talking about like uh, uh, energy companies. We celebrate. We celebrate <laughs> co cooperation. All right. So you brought up SOPA, and uh, there's a couple of things. So we had this uh, blackout yesterday. And, uh, yeah, I've blogged a couple of times about different things. And the most important thing is wrong battlefield people, uh, really wrong battlefield. Who is the people who are, and there's plenty of information about this, who are, uh, sponsoring these bills or were 
I have to say, protest is always good, but this is not really going to work. The next piece of action must be to just stop consuming uh, mainstream media, big entertainment company content. You have to stop going to the movies. You have to stop watching television. You have to. I know it's hard because American Idol kicked off last night. It's difficult. Oh, it's very difficult. I don't even know what to watch. You know, presidential debates, American Idol. They're going to be competing tonight. It's going to be very difficult. Um, we that's that's the true way because the, Congress and they're bought and paid for by these guys. Anyway, how do you think you get on the air? Do you think you get on uh, uh, on television on news shows if you're not in their pocket? It's a lot more difficult. So anyway, you, you know, on the last show, I talked about ICANN. Yeah, it's a lot more difficult because you might come on some national show and then go on about how Michael Jackson was probably murdered. Yeah, no, no, you get kicked off. And then never get invited back. <laughs> we retired the clip, you know. I'm not going to play it again. No, I don't need it. So this ICANN, who I think are the true, uh, is the true evil in here, I've been doing some more research into ICANN. And uh, so we know that uh, the the CEO, uh, Rod Beckstrom, that he's a uh, former Department of Homeland Security, cybersecurity uh, director. He's retiring. He's quitting in July. Did you know this? No, these guys, they go through him like it's a, like like uh, prunes through a duck. So there's an ad in uh, The Economist. Uh, do you know what uh, the CEO of the nonprofit ICANN makes? I don't know. Eight, 500000 800000 How much? 800000 That's a lot of money for a CEO of ICANN. Of, of a nonprofit. And not only that, but it's a, it's, a, it's a traveling job, so you get lots of free travel. Yeah. On a jet. I'll bet you there's an ICANN jet. Well, there should be. Uh, but there's all kinds of weird stuff. There's this, they did this secret uh, directorship appointment, Rod Beckstrom did, of this guy, Elad Levinson who's a psychotherapist uh, specialized in weight loss. Yeah, that's the guy I want determining the future of the domain name system. Let's thin it down. So it's the whole ICANN thing is, you know, I'm just keeping my eye on it because it's very, very, very weird. But the thing that's so upsetting is you can't, it's gotten to the point where you can't even have a, an opinion Without people going, you suck, man. You're a SOPA supporter, man. <laughs> what? What? They always do that to you anyway. Yeah, but it's, and, you know, and, and now I'm getting comments on my blog from Anon at Anon.com. All right, so I'm just letting you know. Elad Levinson, this is his uh, LinkedIn profile. It's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Founder of Noble Purpose Consulting, mm. a private organizational development firm setting the standard for integrating innovation, employee engagement, stakeholder involvement, collaboration, and increased investor value. Founder of Pounds for Poverty, reversing the disease crisis and obesity through mindfulness and altruism-based health improvement. So this guy is a new age whack job from Delphi University where he graduated. Uh And uh, what has he got to do with Icon? Well, I think it's fine if he wants to be a partner in growth Sherpas. Lose weight (laughs) mindfully. Pounds for Poverty. Noble Purpose Consulting. Uh, interaction associates, and I don't know what else. Inter- he's got a, he's got a lot of, and he was at the Stanford University Medical Center doing something. Manager of human, he was an HR guy. There you go. So we can all like feel good. 
Maybe he's on the, I don't know, maybe he's on the compensation committee. That's usually what you want to do. You want to hire board members who are in your pocket who are on the compensation committee. So when it comes, I mean, I know how this works. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I'd like to point out that uh, John and I are in complete violation of the rules of uh, Mevio Inc. Uh, I should have been in San Francisco at a board meeting, which started half an hour ago, and you were actually requested to be on premises. Yeah, well, I'm a part-time employee, so I can... Okay. All right, so uh, I have to make money. We, you and yeah, exactly. I want. <laughs> I wanted to sound like uh, like all high and mighty, like you know, continuity of the show. But no, we need to make money. So we just yeah, we need to make money. We just the continuity not, of the show. Yeah, yeah. We, we're very <laughs> concerned about that because we do have listeners that like to listen to the show live, and uh, we rarely go off off the rails when it comes to doing yeah. the show what on do we time. Have now, yeah, we got like seven eight hundred now listening live. That's a. That's a Imagine those people sitting in your living room. You know, it's a lot of people. And it's from all over the world, I, too. I, you just made me cringe at that. So I, I don't have a living room that'll hold 700. Maybe you do. So I've been following this, um, this Ulsterman report who, has, uh, who interviews and publishes these interviews with two people, the Wall Street Insider and the, Washington, uh, the White House Insider. And a lot of people you know, say this may be disinformation, but it's fascinating. So we don't know who the guy is, um, but uh, you know, every couple of weeks he sits down with this guy from the UlstermanReport.com. Yeah, I and, like this guy. I mean, I like the Ulsterman Report. You, I haven't. You read it more religiously than I do. Oh, but yeah, every no. time I read it, I go, "Wow!" So this guy, in his most recent, and it's linked in the show notes, three seven five dot na show notes dot com. He um, he tells a story. About the 2008 convention in, uh, was it Denver? The big, uh, the big like arena? There was a Denver convention. It was the big one where Obama yeah, they came had out. The, they moved all the protesters into some caged off, you know, free speech zone outside of town. Right, right, something. right. But it was like a Roman festival. Remember that? It was all, it was yeah, amazing. It was huge, a huge stadium. <laughs> so the story is that Obama. That was a Democratic convention? I think so. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't the Republican. I'll tell you that. So the insider, the White House insider tells the story as to how Obama was practicing and he's separated from his, you know, and so, you know, they're literally doing teleprompter, hitting the marks on the stage because it's all scripted and rehearsed. And then he comes off stage and his social security, social, his, (laughs) his secret service detail are literally carrying him. He's white as a sheet. Who? Obama? Obama, yeah. And he can barely walk. And uh, the insider talks about the guy who was, and I'm going to get to this guy in a second, the guy who was organized, pretty much organizing the event, a very famous uh, guy who we'll talk about. Um, and he was really concerned because he thought, you know, maybe uh, Obama had eaten some bad food. You know, it looked like the guy was going to puke. He was like, he, could, he couldn't walk. They uh, send him into a room. They kick everybody out. No one's allowed to go in. And then uh, this uh, organizer of the event hears Gregorian chants coming from the room. Continuous Gregorian chants. And about half an hour later, a door opens. First, Obama's makeup lady comes out. And then the, the, the White House insider goes on to talk about how Obama always has makeup on. But that's why his skin color changes sometimes because they have a different product or a different makeup girl or whatever. But yeah. he's always caked on. It's caked on. And then Obama comes out bouncing around completely like the guy you see on television. But two things. One, 
His eyes were blinking incessantly, which the White House insider uh, alludes to the fact that he probably got doped up amphetamines or something like that. And then he talks to this organizer of the event and doesn't know who he is. He doesn't recognize him, looks right through him. And this is a very important person. I'm going to talk about it. So then the insider goes on to say that this guy, this organizer of the event, he, um, he told a couple people about this, what happened. Because it's really weird, right? I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, they, this, like, like the guy's being propped up by drugs and has to be shot up with stuff and has to have Gregorian chanting and God knows what's going on. It's really <laughs> like it's, the Gregorian chant. Well, that's the very weird. <clears throat> he tells a couple people, this guy, dead, winds up dead. And what the insider is saying is essentially he was killed by uh, the Obama administration. Now, I want to read from the interview, and, uh, and I was able to figure it out. So, uh, we got the death of a long-timer, an operative, good solid, good solid party guy, 50-something years old, natural causes, no investigation. He sees something about the current United States president, says it, shares it with some others, including a senator. They're tight. Go, Who, uh, now, how old was he again? 57. Okay. Go away. I have all the information. You don't have to Google it. Go no, back. Go back away. She's got power. If she has, if she gets some kind of information, that makes her a threat. It makes him a threat. There's a business partner. He, well, wouldn't you know it? He has a serious legal threat brought down on him around the same time. Imagine that. But he was told something too, right? No accident there. Warning. Warnings is what what was going on there. Back the f off. And it was coming right from the White House boys, or worse yet. Back to effing Chicago, the unions, that vote that, that pissed him off so much. And then they killed him. And now they're talking to the senator herself right on it. Theft and the effing thief is I shit you not. She headed up an Obama group. That's either ballsy or stupid or both. It's just effing insane. The senator, she knew something. Uh, that vote, how she bypassed Obama on the bin Laden announcement. That wasn't his call. And she knew it. She knew it. Her words were that night. No one knows when. No one knows how. No one knows why. She was warning them to back off, warning the White House to back the F off. So I'm like, wow, what the hell is all this about? So the guy who uh, died and wasn't found for days after a so-called heart attack was Kam Kuwada. And this guy, super powerful uh, Democratic strategist. Uh, he's a real money guy, really connected, big... Uh, uh, big ties to uh, to Hollywood. So he dies. No one sees him for days. A, a, an apparent heart attack. Uh, it's K-A-M-K-U-W-A-T-A. And at that night, Senator Feinstein, Diane Feinstein, uh, is, ta- uh, is talking about how, you know, it's horrible that, uh, that uh, Cam died. And then she, an hour before, before the president came on television, told people right there, we got Osama bin Laden. So it's like this huge power play going on. And that's when she said, you never know when, you never know how, you never know why. And it's kind of open-ended there for me. But, I, you know, we've tracked the Clinton body count. Man, it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if they didn't want, if they didn't want anyone to know What's going on with uh, that Obama is, you know, uh, a robot or or the double, as we suspect that there's two of them. 
and they drug the guy up just to get him on stage. And now I'm going to really start paying attention to the to uh, a lot more of his appearance. But I think it's very credible. Well, that's a good one. I think I'll give you that. The, 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 well, there's no clip. No, there's no I'll give no you the clip. clip of the day, but you got no clip. I do have a clip that kind of, I don't know why this comes to mind, but mm-hmm. I do have a clip that just to discuss the possibility that both uh, Obama and Michelle Obama are uh, so scripted that I want you to listen to this clip. I was listening to it and I said, wait a minute. What she's saying is she's obviously memorized the script, but she can't deliver her lines properly. So she, so it comes off very odd. Uh, it comes off oddly the way she puts the sentence together because she's not saying it. She's remembering it and then spewing it. But play the clip, Michelle Obama, on being an angry black woman. French President Nicolas Sarkozy asked Mrs. Obama how she liked living in the White House. Mrs. Obama reportedly replied, quote, Don't ask. It's hell. I can't stand it. Unquote. Both Mrs. Obama and Mrs. Bruni deny the First Lady ever made the comment. Mrs. Obama does not like the depiction. You know, I guess it's more interesting to imagine this conflicted situation here and a strong woman and a, you know, but that's been an image that people have tried to paint of me since, you know, the day Barack announced that I'm some angry black woman. I mean, who who can write about how I feel? Hmm. So she says the day Barack announced that I'm an angry, angry black, black woman, which I don't think he ever did. that. No, he never did. Because what she, but it, what it is, is if you, if you listen to that sentence again, yeah. she had part. She it was supposed to be parsed. She was supposed to say the day Barack you know, announced period. Since, right. Ever since Barack announced and announced his, his positions ever since he announced they were saying that I was an angry black woman ever since he wow. announced. But wow, hold on a second. Let me hear that last last bit again. You know, but that's been an image that people have tried to paint of me since you know the day yeah. Barack announced that I'm some angry black woman. Yeah. Oh, I mean, who, who John. Can write about how I. Oh, feel? John, John, John. Clip of the day. Totally. She might even be reading it for all we know. Well, she was talking to some uh, black correspondents on one of the uh, networks. Uh, they wouldn't. No, have I think that was Gail. Them. Wasn't she talking to Gail, uh, Oprah's bestest buddy? I think that was the Gail interview. Oh, that could be. Yeah, yeah I think it was. So wow. she's reciting something she was told to memorize, and wow. she botched the line. Wow! To such an extreme that it just like <laughs> that's pretty funny. Wow. But- well, um, something else very interesting as I was watching this news report, and of course, you know. From day one, I've been like, I don't like this Valerie Jarrett woman. I don't like this. She's a slumlord from Chicago. I don't trust her. I don't like her. And and we know nothing about her other than that she's a slumlord. Listen to this report. If you weren't there early, you had a hard time finding two seats together. On the Sunday before the MLK Junior holiday, Ebenezer Baptist was at capacity. And with Secret Service agents flanking the rear exits, Senior White House advisor Valerie Jarrett commanded everyone's attention. Now, hold on a second. Since when does an advisor have a Secret Service security detail? Yes, that, that this is weird. 
Unless she's the real president. <laughs> now listen to what she says. Thank you so much. Good morning. Four years ago, Barack Obama came here as a senator before taking office. Now, with another election around the corner, one of his top advisors reminded the congregation of all the good that has come under Obama's presidency. We all sleep a little easier at night knowing that Osama bin Laden and his lieutenants are not plotting a terrorist attack. I saw so many soldiers in the airport returning home from their last tour of duty in Iraq in time for the Christmas holidays. Yes, just to turn back and go to Afghanistan. Uh, so I, you know, I'm like, wow, since when does an advisor have a Secret Service security detail? That to me was very, very weird. Very weird. That's very weird. And then, you know, they're just throwing it in our face. I'm sure uh, a lot of people may not have seen this around the world, but uh, Betty White celebrated her 90th birthday. And, of course, everybody loves Betty White because she's funny and she's uh, she's still walking around and she's just a crazy old lady and she's a great actress. Uh, she, she's directed stuff. She's written stuff, you know, celebrated uh, for good reason as uh, as an American icon. And at her celebration, um, the president sent a video message. Ladies and gentlemen, an official birthday message from President Barack Obama. Dear Betty, you look so fantastic and full of energy, I can't believe you're 90 years old. In fact, I don't believe it. That's why I'm writing to ask if you will be willing to produce a copy of your long-form birth certificate. Thanks, and happy birthday, no matter how old you are. So, uh, you know, that's just like throwing it in your face. Like, I screw your slaves. <laughs> you can't get me on that. <laughs> Slap on some more makeup. I got to go talk to the people. <laughs> and then they tried another one of those uh, false flag tests. Because, you know, we know we've got to get all kinds of racial stuff going for this uh, election season. We've got to have yeah. another attack on the president, but it didn't work. You know, they try these to see if it'll stick. Did you catch it? No, I missed this one. There's Tell breaking me. news from and about the White House tonight. Uh, the, the details are extremely sketchy right now. The White House is reportedly on lockdown tonight. Lockdown. After what are described as smoking objects were found near the North Portico. According to the U.S. Secret Service, somebody threw a smoke bomb-like device over the North Fence at the White House earlier this evening. They do not know who threw the device and no arrests have been made. Now, the President and First Lady were not at the White House at the time oh, yeah. of the incident. Yeah, they were no, out I got this. Right. That's another test. That's just it, that's to me. That is another trial balloon like the guy that shot and left his AK in the in the car and everything. These have got to be just tests or something. It's uh, I, they're tests. of Yeah, they are tests. But of what? <sighs> to see if the news picks it up. Well, they picked that one up. It made, everyone made a well, big deal about it. In fact, I was watching one of the shows it went away uh, like in th- in 30 minutes. It was gone. Yeah, it was gone in 30 minutes, but it was picked up. And I remember watching one of the shows, getting looking for clips, and they and the guy mentioned it in the scenes. Oh, it looks like there's this. We'll get back to it later. And they they didn't they they picked it up, but they didn't do much with it. So I think it was a uh, it was a didn't work out. Fail. That's what I yeah exactly fail. It was a fail. Fail. Something very disturbing I came across. Uh. Eh. <laughs> This is interesting. What? Well, you know, I was complaining earlier at the beginning of the show about the PayPal thing. Yeah. So I did the request for the four days of data. 
Yeah. And uh, then I said, I don't know. I'm going to see what happens if I trigger. A... So then I, about an hour later, when I didn't get it, I requested seven days of data. And I got the seven days and the four days is still processing. There's something amiss. Do you think we're being singled out or do you think... Uh... Well, I mean, they got, gave me the data, the long-form data. I mean, the longer, the, the long bigger form birth file, certificate? but they wouldn't give me the short one. And they got the same stuff in it. So do we have the data now? I ha- Yes, I'm sending it over to JC. Oh, okay. Hopefully we'll oh, okay. be able to do it oh, a bit. So <clears throat> this is rather disturbing. <clears throat> I came across uh, a note. Metal, uh, metal, okay. you, are you with me? Metal tissue holders contaminated with low levels of radioactive material may have been distributed by Bed Bath & Beyond stores in more than 20 states, including New York, federal regulators said Thursday. And then you go down a little bit and it says, if someone has one of these, they could receive a small radiation dose from it. For example, someone keeping one of these boxes on a vanity in the bathroom and spending about 30 minutes a day near it for a year would receive the equivalent of a couple of chest x-rays. Wow. I know about this, and this is one, by the way, I don't want to sound like I'm a paranoid like you. Before you go on, I have right here in my studio one of those boxes. Wow. We have upstairs in our bathroom... One of these boxes. I'm holding, I'm being radiated as we speak. Huh. So I need a dosimeter or a Geiger counter or something. Yeah. So I can see if it's true. I'm holding it in my hand, John. It's from China. Yeah, I would put it down. <laughs> no wonder I'm feeling so weird. No wonder the shows have been off for the past year. <laughs> Are you feeling good? Can, can I get a dosimeter? Do you think that's possible? Maybe I can borrow one from the TSA now that they're all going to be wearing them. We actually have them at send, the house. Send me a dosimeter, man. Let's well, check I don't, this the, thing the, out. The, the little dosimeter that I have, I'm not sure that it, it's... I think you're going to have to go buy one. But JC has like, studied this. Uh, Buzzkill Jr. to an extreme. We have a Geiger counter in the house. Get me, send me the Geiger counter. I, we need the Geiger counter. Yeah, but, uh, dude, I'm, I'm being irradiated here. What do you mean you need it? I have an actual radio, radioactive <laughs> box sitting next you to my get nuts. These Geiger counters are available. You should just get one. I'll be. I can't. I'll never be able to make another child. I have a lawsuit. I think. I think I'm sitting on a buttload of money here. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. I'll, I'll, hey, send me the freaking Geiger counter, and I'll split the money with you. Okay, it's a deal. Well, uh, you know, I wonder. I, I'm glowing right now. Yeah. But I have, we have two of them, John. Two of them. Why? To, to, for, for my tissues. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What, are you living in a hotel? It's from Bed Bath & Beyond, dude. Bed, uh, Bath & Buttholes. Wow. I was just like, oh, my God. And I, 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 I called Mickey. She was out. I said, do we, where did you get those, uh, those metal uh, tissue boxes? Oh, Bed Bath & Beyond. I said, no. <laughs> She's like, get rid of him, get rid of him. I'm like, are you kidding? This is awesome. So I need a dosimeter or can, can I order a Geiger counter from Amazon? Is that on, can you get that from Amazon? Talk to JC first because he knows the ins and outs of what's a good one and which type to get. You want to get one of the civil defense ones. They, they've they been discontinued. They used to give them, the, the government used to make oh my them, God. but then all the, out of the blue, they decided to stop. Oh, they're you know, expensive. They oh, they're really expensive, John. There's, there's, they're hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah. Well, they are hundreds of dollars. That's expensive in my world. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying they're not. But again, talk to Buzzkill Jr. He's like uh, an expert on it. I think he. Yeah. 
You may actually have an extra one, too. Not sure. <laughs> Does your, your kid just walk around with holsters with Geiger counters in them and stuff? <laughs> Draw. <laughs> I can just imagine what the Dvorak household is like. Uh, yeah. Hey, man. I calibrated my Geiger counter. That's right. <laughs> They're like 400 bucks, no, man. Some time ago, I, I, well, I wanted to get a Geiger counter. So uh, Of course. And why did you want one, John? Because of things like this. Yeah, and now I'm now I'm or being, the radioactive fish coming in from Japan. I don't, you know. I'm being like, I'm being irradiated. Have been so for over a year, and you won't even send me a, a Geiger counter. Thanks, bud. I, I told you I would. We'll take care of it. Okay. The, you're going to be taken care of. Oh, there's one on eBay. Here we go, Buzzkill Junior. Oh, two for one fifty. Are these the good ones then? Yes, Buzz Buzzkill oh, Junior. He's the expert. Radiation detection kit. Oh, what? I have to solder this myself. <laughs> it's like I, I don't want to put it together. All you do is complain. I don't want to put it together. Well, it looks pretty hardcore, man. Wow, these are oh, with the these are big too. Wow, the big and yellow and so how much uh, Geiger counting would be too much? I don't know what you're talking about. How many Geigers would be too much? Uh, I don't know. Again, I- you're talking to the wrong guy. I don't know why you keep asking me questions. Okay. Wow, these look really cool. Like metal casing with a big yellow. This looked like the one in the movies, actually. Yeah. With a big dial on it. It's yeah. probably a prop. Could be. <laughs> Buzzkill Junior's like, hey, but yeah, buy these. These are really uh, cheap. Two for 150 <laughs> Okay, anyway, I just thought that was rather interesting that I'm going to die. <laughs> no, you're... Well... <clears throat> Okay, wow. back to the story. Hey, citizen. Uh, you, you go. You, I'm sure you got a story. Uh, well, why don't you come up with something first so I can get these two files over to JC. Well, that... Why don't I come up with something? Okay. Okay, well, I got a couple of things. Here's one. Here's one. So uh, they, uh, I don't know if you've been watching. I've been watching Thom Hartman recently. So he brings this guy on who is a rock and roll guy. He, I think he thought he was going to be on his side. He brought, he just Because he's on Russia Today again, so he's got this panel. He's got the rock and roll guy who doesn't apparently, who's never apparently been on television in his life. His name's David Bray, and is, uh, he's from a band called uh, Rising uh, Madison. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so Bray goes off the reservation, and I think he didn't realize that he was... Uh, supposed to be on Hartman's side because there was the other guy that was on the panel was a right wing ideologue, normal, you know, right wing, looks like a Mormon guy with a with a suit and tie on. And uh, so Bray, meanwhile, starts attacking Hartman on the show. And I've got two clips and the and while Hartman's reading off the prompter, the guy's in the background making snide comments. Hartman doesn't know what to do about it. Uh, so play uh, Hartman and Bray go at it take over Detroit and sell off the privatize or whatever he's going to do. Um, Democratic state senators are trying to put the state back on track. They have this idea. He, uh, the governor has given three and a half billion dollars in tax breaks to billionaires and corporations in the state. And they're saying, and it hasn't created any jobs. It's done nothing. I mean, it made a bunch of rich people a whole lot richer. And so they're saying, let's, let's end the tax breaks and instead let anybody in the state 
go to college, go to a state college, who is capable of getting into college. The way it used to be, the way that Abraham Lincoln organized it back in the 1850s when the land-grant colleges were, the way my mom went you to the You have to define capable of getting into college these days. I mean, the educational system we all know is broken anyway. Why anybody stands that's not behind it? That's not the issue. But the what issue you're saying is, is sending people to college is, for free? Do you think that we should sending people to college all for free? the other no. developed countries in the world and have free college? No, you earn college. College is earned. You pay for it. You, you work. It. You, you work. You earn intellectual. There, there, is, there, is, there is a, you're an intellectual, that's, that's what you job, if you believe that's what your job is. Education is broken. No, I, I'm, I'm saying, do you, do you, I don't disagree that you should earn the right to go to college by, sure. by, by having the, by having the capability of handling college. But if somebody's going to give but, it to you, why earn it? You're talking about the money end. Of it. I'm talking about the. What are you the talking? The education of it. I'm, you know, you I'm the one who tried to tell you that. University of California. I'm the one who tried to tell you that. That that that. Hey man, it's my show. Shut up so, and do no, what I tell you. No, it gets really upset. So they. So a couple segments go on, and now while while Hartman is reading from the prompter. He starts interrupting him as he's doing the read. <laughs> Some time right to time, in the middle of it, he's saying, oh, yeah, really? Well, you're, you're, your mom's, you know, it just goes on. But your, so mom wears, your mom yeah. wears army boots, dude. Seriously, much. listen to this. Yeah, not very much. It was uh, 370000 whatever so, it was. If it was any so, amount, would so, you be upset so about it? So he pays a 15% tax rate while the rest of us are paying upwards of 35%. That's it's what only I am on capital about. gains, though. And then he collects speaking fees, not that much. Actually, uh, what do you pay on your what, capital gains? What Romney considers not that much is three hundred sixty-two thousand dollars a year. That's how much Mitt made giving speeches. In Who's to say what not much is? We're sixteen times, trillion dollars in debt. That's seven times more. Than and we're worried about Mitt and Romney a year. And again, islands. to Romney, not all that much. Let's so keep sending is, oil what? money over so we can build islands Dave, off of Dubai. Dave, back off for a second. <laughs> so the question is, what does Mitt Romney spend his not all that much speaking fees on? A. Fuel for his private jet. B. Magic underwear for the less than fortunate Mormons in his congregation. <laughs> or C. Lots of ten thousand dollars bets. Bets. What is it? Spending that, that uh, I didn't even listen. Uh, you know what? I'm still, I'm still upset about the. Let, let's hope he supports the Mormons. How's that? The, the, okay. <laughs> Whether it be underwear or with more books, you know what I mean. All right, when that's mine. Uh, so now you have to realize that the, the, the first part of this clip, this was a one shot on Hartman reading the stuff off the prompter. He's trying to be cute and coy, and all these comments were over him in the background. While he's trying to read from the prompter, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was a. I was going to say, a, it's like now I finally got a reason to watch the guy. If that kind of it stuff was is a guest happen. out of control who will never be invited no, back. I yeah, can assure you. Right. But it was like, what is? Why is this guy even on the show? He doesn't know the protocol, obviously. And uh, I don't know. I, mean, I couldn't get anything else off of the heart. Oh, he's true. really deteriorating. Let me just make one mention. He says, "I would like to know how you how you get." Filth, how you get much more radically more rich by not being taxed. He says that in the first clip, he says, yeah, well, they, these rich guys, they, they were, they're trying to get a tax benefit. So now they're richer. How do you make money on not getting you, you got X amount of money. You don't get taxed. What is the at the end of the day? What do you got? The same X amount. How do you how does that make you richer? Uh, His but- logic is anyway, that's just a pet peeve. Never mind. I'm done. You should be watching that stuff, man. You should, you know, let me send you I, one of my tissue I, boxes. That'll calm you down. I'm telling you, just the Hartman show is the worst, and it's got that bug-eyed thing going on. It's well, just don't nuts. watch it then if it's irritating you. Sorry. American Idol's on tonight, second uh, episode. <laughs> so the um, International Association of... Uh, no, the International Atomic Energy uh, Association uh, Agency. Sorry, the IAEA. Uh, has released their uh, November 2011 report on uh, how evil Iran is. 
and uh, they're doing the same thing. Now, remember, you're going to if, for those of you who care and who aren't going to be watching uh, American Idol, uh, there's another debate on tonight. What was that? Hello? Yeah. What are you doing? You're not even listening to me. He picks up his email. You're like, Every time I whistle, you ask me what it is. I'm going to tell you. When you hear me whistling, it's to get JC's attention. He's in a back room. <sighs> and I can't do it from this mic because it'll, be, it'll blow out the whole system. I have this extremely loud whistle. So that's that. Hey, citizen. Okay, so back the to work. International Atomic Energy Agency. Yes, has, I was uh, listening has released their new report. So uh, everyone is, you know, hey, Rand, they're going to get a nuclear weapon, nuclear weapon. We're going to kill, they're going to kill, they're going to wipe Israel off the map. Yeah, we got to go kill <laughs> That's what you're going to hear tonight. So, of course, I've uh, downloaded this report for you. And I would like to point out, by the way, that uh, when we were looking at the weapons of mass destruction before going into Iraq... They uh, the first report that came out wasn't sufficient and they fired the guy who uh, was writing the reports. So this is how corrupt this uh, this uh, entire uh, IAEA is. And uh, here we go. So uh, credibility of information. So, of course, they they once again, it's all the same charts and like, well, if you do this to this and you cross the wire over there, you could potentially make something that could go boom. Uh, credibility of information, uh, paragraph 13. In addition to the alleged studies documentation, the agency has received information from more than 10 member states. This has included procurement information, information on international travel by individuals said to have been involved in the alleged activities, financial records, documents reflecting health and safety arrangements, and other documents demonstrating manufacturing techniques for certain high explosive components. This information reinforces and tends to corroborate the information reflected in the alleged studies documentation and relates to activities substantially beyond those identified in that documentation. What bullcrap is this? So they're, well, they're saying, we ha- once again, we have secret information that's not in the report that might kind of seem to tend to back up what we're implying. Is that the way I'm supposed to read this, John? Because that's how I read it as a as a washed up MTV VJ. The uh, so I'm wa- driving back uh, and listening to. I was listening to the left, the most left of the left wing uh, radio stations in the Bay Area because curious, it was the only one I could get in this area uh, that I was in. It was yeah, in, that's a, how in it the starts. Santa Cruz Mountains. That's how it starts. And. So- <laughs> So I'm listening to this ex-CIA guy, and he's, you can look him up on Wikipedia. His name's Ray McGovern. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to actually do an interview or find get a hold of him to, to, to get this spiel that he had. And he says that this, and, he, and unfortunately I couldn't quite get to the, I couldn't figure out what, the, what he was finally concluding. But, but this is a giant scam he believes, and he says that all 19 of the, the major United States, I didn't know there were 19, but he says all 19 of the major United States intelligence agencies. 19, oh. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, we know of three or four of the big ones, but I guess there's a bunch of them. Uh, all agree that Iran gave up on its uh, nuclear ambitions in 2003. 2003. Yeah. And this is all bullcrap, 
And it seems as if, and he's got this real interesting theory, that is the Israelis that want to keep it going. And every time there's some, and he cites example after example of when we, we like when we were going to, we told the Iranians that we would take, if you remember this, this is just a few years ago, we would take, you know, if they, they're so intent on getting this high uh, uh, concentrated uh, uranium, uh, this enriched for medical pur- research purposes, mm-hmm. we'll take the stuff off their hands and we'll make it and give it back to them if we get the, if they don't, if they shut down their facilities and they agreed to it. Yeah, but that's not good enough. No, no, that's not good enough. As the, no, they did agree to it and it was, it was going forward. And then the Israelis assassinated some guy. Oh, Hey, shut up. Hey, heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. (laughs) He claims that these assassinations, which he calls murders are part of a scheme to keep this, uh, to to actually increase the uh, tension between the countries. And I don't actually know why. So I'm looking at his uh, book of knowledge page. In May 2006, McGovern attended a speech by then Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld during the question and answer session, accused him of lying about Iraq pre-war intelligence. (laughs) I like this guy. He's oh, cool. Yeah. But- his Wikipedia page is hilarious. He's the guy that, if you remember, we were doing the show, the guy who turned his back on Hillary and oh, they busted him. right. Was that? This, he's an That's old this guy. guy. He's an old coot. He's an old coot. Wow. But he's still connected, I, I believe, because his anecdotes are, are Fantastic. A- I like this guy. Oh, here it is. During a speech on February 16, 2011, George Washington University by Secretary of State Hillary Lucifer Clippity Clop Clinton... He stood silently with his back turned during her remarks, leading to his arrest. When asked whether Julian Assange was a hero or villain, he replied, hero. Ah, this guy is awesome. So this guy's been so marginalized. Heart heart attack. That the old, well, I don't know. He a seems pretty attack. well connected. He's so marginalized, though, and he's also become a religious nut. But he's so marginalized that the only time he can get on anything is on Pacifica Radio, which is the worst. <laughs> I mean, you listen to these shows and you get some guy like this who's telling you, well, you're going, wow, this is good information. And then the next show is a bunch of uh, a bunch of Navajos reading poetry. I mean, and it's the worst kind of and radio now, in the world. And this, this is your classic <laughs> left-wing radio. And now... For Navajo poetry. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, what? It's like, why? Hey, man, don't mess with my Navajo poetry, dude. That's just interesting. So he coined the acronym OIL, which stands for O for oil, I for Israel, L for logistics. <laughs> or as he says, enduring. Interesting. Oh, interesting guy. Well, you should you should get an interview with him. I'm going to try to t- track yeah. him down because I want to hear that. I want to get a clip from the interview of that discussion with the uh, how the Israelis are querying these deals because they don't want any detente at all. And uh, I don't know. He really doesn't like Netanyahu. Let's put it that way. Interesting. Well, he should be pretty easy to get. Yeah, I, I think I can track him. Well, chat room says that he was on Alex Jones. That makes sense. This is this is why I listen to Jones is to hear guys like this. I love that. Yeah, well, we can get these guys too. Yeah, but we're going to put them but, on our show. No, but we don't we're do talk interviews. To them, do a separate little show like you like to do. I think yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. We can get interesting people, put, put them on the stream, and then take a clip that we can use on the No Agenda show, and then to, you know, in other words, the the, the cherry. Yes. Hey, uh, um, is there anything about Syria in uh, in the in New York Times? Is it time to do anything about Syria? Because uh, 
Here's the, with the message. I forgot to bring it up on the last show on Sunday. This is the messaging. This had the ship on the on the side on the front page of the Sunday Times. And it was a the, the right-hand column top, above the fold, top of the paper, uh, which was the messaging segment for you out there who are, I guess, I don't know, agents that can't call home. Uh, fear of civil war mounts in Syria as crisis deepens. A protracted conflict without Arab League success, little hope for resolution. In other words... We're not involved. There's a, it's a, and this time it's going to be a civil war. Huh. We're going to let it play out. We're not going to get involved. We're going to just step yeah, back. I, yeah. I th- that's the message I get. I could be wrong. Well, we're going to step back You know, now that the BBC of all ha- is now reporting that there were, uh, here, British efforts to help topple Colonel Gaddafi were not limited to airstrikes. On the ground and on the quiet, Special Forces soldiers were blending in with rebel fighters in this previously untold account of the crucial part they played. So now they're just coming out and saying it. It wasn't just a no-fly zone. They were in there coordinating the whole effort. Yeah. The whole thing. They were on the ground, boots on the ground. I mean, not, not like we didn't know that, but just... And now they just come out and say it. Oh, yeah, by the way, how awesome is that, eh? Hey, we did a good job. We had our guys blending in, blending in. Uh, yeah, reports that twelve part of the scam. Part reports that twelve thousand troops are now um, in Malta, about to uh, go into Libya because of course Lib- Libya is a mess, oh. completely screwed it up. Oh yeah, I mean they couldn't even do that. They go in and kill the guy, get rid of everything. Everyone's kind of happy over there. Kinda. I mean, no one's happy anywhere, of course. We're not happy here either. But, you know, we had no right to go in and just kill the guy and take over. And then we messed it up. It's probably the Brits. Well, we knew that this was going to be a fiasco when it began. But now we're going to send 12,000 troops in. Boots on the ground. That's boots on the ground is the way I see it. I don't know what they say when there's no boots on the ground. Oh, we were never going to send troops. By the way, how long was it? We're we're supposed to be in and out in a couple of days, not weeks. Uh, Let me see. It is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. Yeah. Hey, good transition there, dude. It's still going on. Yeah, we're still transitioning. We're working on it. So it's going to be a matter of years. Yeah. I've um, I've come across something very interesting. I think that uh, I know what the strategy is uh, that the elites are playing out now with uh, the media that they own. And let me remind, remind everybody, we're not owned by anybody except for the people who support the show and uh, and love us for what we do. It's all I do. You know, John's got a couple extra little gigs on the side, but I think uh, this is pretty much what he does. <clears throat> Listening to uh, Navajo poetry. I mean, come on. That's a, that's a tough gig right there. But it is. But I think they've, uh, they have a strategy now, and, they're, and of course, they're mind-controlling everybody. <clears throat> I have several uh, clips to back this up. And it was Gloria Borger. Who's on? Uh, who's the CNN political correspondent? Who yeah. is uh, now? She's a real shill. She's in the uh, problematic woman. <laughs> that should be the title of the show: problematic woman. She is indeed a problematic woman, and she uh, signaled it. And I think I know what's going on here. Uh, listen to this exchange with uh, Wolf. 
who, by the way, is so pleased that, uh, hey, man, this is... Uh, this is breaking news. Releasing right now, at this second, CNN ORC. <laughs> urgency, urgency, at this second. Oh, my, urgency, CNN has it. Ooh, 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 turn up the volume, honey, CNN. Wolf's got something. Hypothetical races, choices for the president. Hypothetical, by the way. It is among registered voters nationwide. Look at this. If the contest were Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama, right now, 48 Romney, 47 Obama, sampling error, 3%. So that could be close, a tie. Uh, if it were, look at this, Mitt uh, Barack Obama versus Ron Paul. Also, 48% for Obama, 46% for Paul, sampling error 3%. Those are pretty close races. Very close races. I mean, first of all, what this tells you, Wolf, is that no matter who's the nominee, this is probably going to be a very, very tight race, particularly if it's Mitt Romney. The eye-popping number to me, of course, was the Ron Paul number. And you'll remember 1992. This kind of reminds me a little bit of Ross Perot uh-huh. in 1992. Not likely to be the nominee of the party, but did really seriously affect the issues terrain that the candidates debated on. He's managed to take the deficit issue, which is important. Okay, so first of all, it's eye popping, John. My eyes popped out of my head when I saw this. It was just eye popping, eye popping, I tell you. What she is signaling is that they want to, so the elites on all sides want Obama out, Republicans and Democrats. They want this guy out because he's killing people. He's like, he will kill you. He's an addict. And he's, Valerie he's Jarrett will kill you. Now, yeah. th- th- it's the Chicago gang. They will kill you. Yeah, the elites want him out. This is fact. They want, fact of the matter is. Fact. Fact. It's just a fact. So they want him out. So she is signaling that this is what is supposed to go on now. Now, let's go over to... Uh, our favorite, who still needs to go on Jenny Craig. You know, if we were running the television station, we would not we would not be letting her walk around uh, without shoes and all this. And, you know, you got to wear the appropriate clothing, Aaron Burnett. You're not ready for it yet, but stay at it. And that's not me being sexist or anti-woman or anything. I'm just a television executive. She gets a couple and you of... you know that they have this meet. They have the meeting. They have this meeting, Sure. Yeah, and sometimes she's in the meeting, sometimes she's not. And they, if she's in the meeting, they talk about her in third person that, yeah. as though she's not there. <laughs> right? Yeah, ex- absolutely. And uh, and then she hears the message and she gets on her off her ass and, and you know, and slims down. If, uh, if you don't believe this, uh, read the MTV book, The History of Music Television, which I was interviewed for and I'm in uh, quite a bit. Um, uh, Carolyn Heldman at MTV got fired for uh, her legs. She got fired. Fired, I tell you. Uh, okay, so Erin uh, Burnett, she gets on uh, the uh, Ron Paul youth movement. Guy named Trip. I mean, there's all kinds of memes going on here. And listen to what she says and how he responds and... Uh, what the message is. Trip, let me ask you, though, because this is a crucial question for this election. Um, if not Ron Paul, do you do you not vote at all? I mean, I'm trying to figure out what happens to passionate people like you all if he's not running. You do you all. vote for Barack Obama? Do you write do you write his name? What do you do? Oh, well, um, if Ron Paul doesn't get the nomination, then I'm probably going to write his name. in. I mean, I've worked a long time on this campaign. He's a, he's the person I want to be president of the United States. And uh, my vote doesn't belong to the Republicans or the Democrats. My vote belongs to me. And uh, I'm choosing to vote for Ron Paul. 
Would you hope he runs uh, as a third-party candidate, even if that means Barack Obama wins, Ron Paul does not win, and neither does the Republican nominee? Paul. No, and Ron Paul said countless amount of times that he will not run third-party, and he has no intention of doing so. And it's it's very important to remember that he ran as a congressman uh, 12 times with the Republican Party, and he's won. Mm -hmm. So, and he's running as a Republican for president. So, I think his best shot is in the Republican Party, and that's the way he's going to run. And he's the only one that that can win. Now, before I continue with this clip, very important what she's saying here, although she's twisting it around. I believe the message here is Ron Paul cannot become the uh, Repu Republican candidate. So therefore, we mu he's, he will not run independent, he says. But we will all write him in. Therefore, because this is why we see these polls. Oh, he'll beat Obama. He'll beat Obama. So that Mitt Romney is the he's the chosen he's the god he's the chosen one he is supposed to go in and the elites are now massaging everybody to write in Ron Paul if he does not win the Republican nomination or of course get him to run third party so that they can it, that will not help Barack Obama win he Barack Obama is out it's done the elites have decided they've chosen he's out and now they're going to use Ron Paul which is very interesting because we're going to see a lot of money a lot of exposure a lot of stuff but it's all going to be around hey he could really ruin it he could ruin it they'll say for the Republicans but it's not true Romney has all the money everything's on Romney but they're going to start giving Ron Paul lots of stuff because they need him they need him to go all the way to the finish line. Well, I pointed this out in a show or two ago that he's become the blocking mechanism. Totally. But he's, the block he's, he's the Huckabee of, of this it, cycle, even it, though we don't like the idea. No, we hate it, the idea. We hate the idea. And now let's just listen to Aaron uh, do a little ageism bit. Lisa, what do you think about what some might say is the irony of the fact that uh, you here you are at, at age 20, um, passionate about the oldest guy running oh, this time, who would be the oldest president ever of oh, the United Kook. States, if he won. Kook, old guy. Oh, he's Not so true, old. by the way. Reagan, after he, when he ran, when he got reelected, was older. Oh, really? So that's a lie. I believe so. Yes. Do you know? You can do the, I'll check it out to, be, uh, to verify. But well, I think just, he was. Well, he's. he's I think, you're I wrong. Think by the time no, you're Reagan wrong. was out of office, he you was are, older than seventy. I'm sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong, and I have proof. Because uh, Fox tells the truth, fair and balanced. Do you know who S.E. Cups is? S.E. Cups is one of these. Uh, she comes. She's a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. she comes on these talk shows to uh, cause trouble. And she writes for, I think, the Daily News or the New York Daily News, something like that. One she's, of the, yeah, one of the tabloids. Uh, you could have just said she's an asshole. So it's not necessarily about whether it's a Democrat or a Republican in power. It's about raging against the machine if you're supporting Ron Paul. Don't you find it interesting, though, and this is anecdotal, but remember the, the idea around McCain was that he's so old. Why is no one pointing out that, that Ron Paul is like 300 years old? Because I think they did, really don't want to take it doesn't that matter seriously because they see him as just kind and of to a, be fair, a figurehead. Yoda lives till 420. <laughs> All right, so he's 300 years old. Wow, John. 420. Yeah, he's 300 years old. But Yoda lived to be 420. So, hey, thanks, Fox. That's what I mean. Well, we, you know, this is this surprising egregious. any of our listeners or us. Fox has been 
a Ron Paul hater since the day he started running. He was marginalized. He was never mentioned. No. And now they have to talk about him. Okay, so, you know, it's like I, the meeting goes, well, we got to talk about the guy. What are we going to talk about? Let's talk about how old he is. Well, it's, Maybe that'll stop this juggernaut. So I think Fox is just behind because the, the message is out. The elites have sent it out. The bat signal has gone. Bill Crystal. Who's Bill Crystal, John? Bill Crystal's a, a right-wing ideologue who uh, represents a specific uh, group of, of conservatives, uh, neocons, a lot of them. That, and he's, a, he's the son of a very famous conservative. And he's on C-SPAN, which, of course, you and I watch incessantly. And here's him with the talking points. Can I say one final thing about Ron Paul, since I, everyone seems so interested in him? And I guess we have to go here in a minute. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to apologize at all. For, for A lot of people, when they criticize Ron Paul, have to preface their criticism by saying, uh, you know, well, he's a good guy and it brings a lot to the debate. I actually don't buy that. I don't think he's a particularly good guy. Uh, I think he'd be better, be better for the Republican Party. And I will say this. I've thought about this some. I think it would be better for the Republican Party if he left the Republican Party. A lot of Republicans are spending a lot of time, how do we keep Ron Paul in the tent? How do we make sure he doesn't go third party? Including his other opponents? Yes, and his opponents being very nice to him on the stage. Uh, Republicans spent a lot of time keeping Pat Buchanan in the tent in 92 and 96 to give him prime there speech go. in the 92 convention. That didn't really help President Bush's re-election uh, run. He did well in the 96 primaries. Um, I guess he supported Bob Dole. I don't think Bob Dole won. He left the party in 99, and a lot of people, and I was one of them, said goodbye and good riddance. You're not in the mainstream of the Republican Party. Go run as a Reform Party candidate, as an independent candidate. He did in 2000. He didn't get many votes. And actually, George W. Bush, I think, was helped. The Republican Party was helped to be free of Buchanan's extreme isolationism, protectionism, um, anti-Israel views, and the like. Uh, Ron Paul is a little different from Pat Buchanan, but he's no better, in my view. And I actually think the Republican Party would be benefited uh, in the long run, but even in the short run. Even in, Ron, this, in this 2012 yes, election? Yes. Look how many Democrats and independents are voting for Paul in these primaries. There it is. So you, you think it would, it would hurt President Obama? No, I don't know, honestly, yeah, but yeah, I would do. just feel more comfortable as a Republican and as a conservative uh -huh. saying, you know what, our party, if Ron Paul can do whatever he wants and his supporters obviously can do whatever they want, and if he wants to support whoever the Republican nominee is, people are free to support whoever they want. But my, I don't think anyone should plead with him not to run or to stay in the party, and I would be comfortable in a general election, if Mitt Romney or Rick Santorum or Newt Gingrich were standing as the Republican in the Reagan tradition and debating both Barack Obama and Ron Paul. Let's try to get in. There you go. Okay, now let's also mention that, that Crystal represents, they call themselves Republicans, but these are the neoconservative big government Republicans, big spending Republicans. They talk, they're liars because they talk a big game about conservative values, but they're not conservatives. They're all internationalists. That's why they, he brings up the isolationist thing as though it's some sort of a bad thing, the way he describes it, even though Republicans were notoriously isolationist historically. Uh, I mean, even Eisenhower to some extent, they weren't all in... I mean, are they pro or against the United Nations? These guys are pro United Nations, big government, uh, big spending, war, war, war. I mean, I, why are they defining themselves as the Republicans and everybody else is not a Republican? They call them rhinos. In fact, they've gotten to the point where essentially Nixon was a rhino, Eisenhower was a rhino, everybody seems to be Republican in name only. But these are the phonies that have taken over the Republican Party, many of them extreme. And if you look into the history of the neoconservatives, if you look at their youth, they were all extreme left-wingers who were so radical in their ideas that they were essentially kicked out of the whole progressive 
side of the equation and they developed this neocon thing and they all became Republicans and they've taken over the party and claim it to be theirs. The nerve of this guy. <laughs> John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. I think it qualified. I just thought I'd wrap it up. Yeah. <clears throat> so meanwhile, and uh, this will show you what kind of a guy Ron Paul really is. Uh, while everyone was talking about SOPA and we're dark and my Twitter, let me Photoshop my Twitter icon, man. You got that SOPA artwork. I'm going to put that in there. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> they were voting on raising. Stop SOPA. Stop SOPA. They were voting on raising the debt limit by $1.2 trillion. Didn't we just do this six months ago? Yeah, and it was a big deal. How come, we're not, how come there's no discussion about Stop this? Stop SOPA, man. You're anti-SOPA, man. You, if you don't talk about SOPA, you can't talk about debt limit, man. You gotta talk about SOPA. SOPA, 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 SOPA. Ah, uh, SOPA, peep SOPA. SOPA, peep SOPA, open. So Ron Paul gets on the floor, and he says this. Mr. Speaker, I rise today to introduce a very simple piece of legislation to repeal the infamous section... 1021 of the National Defense Authorization Act. Yes! Quietly signed into law by the President on New Year's Day. What a way to usher in the new year. Section 1021 essentially codifies into law the very dubious claim of presidential authority under, 10, under 2001 authorization for the use of military force to indefinitely detain American citizens without access to legal representation or due process of law. Section 1021 provides for the possibility of the U.S. military acting as a kind of police force on U.S. soil, apprehending terror suspects, including Americans, and whisking them off to an undisclosed location indefinitely. Thank you very much. Where's the outrage over that? Where's the Twitter icon that says, stop NDAA? You fools. You stupid, distracted, idiot, slave fools. You're going to get black bagged and thrown into a van. Thank you, Ron But you'll have, you'll have defeated SOPA. Yes, that's true. This you is, can this bring is, your little icon with you. And, you know, so he's introduced it. Of course, it goes nowhere. It's, of course, you, it goes nowhere because the Republicans, these fake Republicans and the Democrats who are supposed to be on, on the right side of this argument, they don't care either. The whole thing is ridiculous. These people in Congress are pathetic. And then we've got to remember how it was. And we talked about this. This is like the Roman Senate when they finally gave up. <laughs> That's actually this is completely Analogous to that. In fact, John, some would call it <laughs> Etu Jonicus. <laughs> Etu Adamus. Yes. It's uh and then remember they they had the, the that bull crap thing just before uh, just around Christmas. Like uh you know, we we've gotta continue the tax break, forty bucks a week, and it was like, yeah, meh. and they cut a deal. And I read the bill. I read the bill for you. And I said, hey, there's something interesting in here. It forces the president to make a decision on the XL pipeline within 60 days. Right? That was the deal. They made a deal. It's law. President comes out. Presidential memorandum. I have determined, based upon your recommendation, including the State Department's view, that 60 days is an insufficient period to obtain and assess the necessary information that the Keystone XL pipeline project, as presented and analyzed at this time, would not serve the national interest. So accordingly, 
by the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, including Section 301 of Title III United States Code and in furtherance of Executive Order 13337 of April 30th, 2004, to the extent compatible with this memorandum, I direct you to submit the report to Congress specified in Section 501B2 of the Temporary Payroll Tax Cut Constitutional Act of 2011 and to issue a denial of the Keystone XL Pipeline Permit application. So he just broke the law that he agreed to. <laughs> now, I don't care one way or the other. I don't really have an opinion on the XL Pipeline. Um, but that it's just he's basically just... The, the thing I have an issue with is... He signed the law. He knew what he was signing, but he just had no intent of upholding it. So he's, he's Kaiser Obama. Yeah. That's bullcrap, man. It's, 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 it's worse by the minute. It's bogative. It's bogative. Hmm. All right. So, uh, more. Bi- well, let me just change the subject to something a little more uh, uplifting, a little yes. lighter. Yes. Do we have a real news sound, or is it not real news? Mm, it's oh, close. Uh, well, Hit it. Well, okay. Well, just because you asked. And now, back to real news. Wear earbuds and get killed. Ah, <laughs> uh, an uplifting clip. Well, it may be intuitive, but there is new evidence tonight that wearing headphones while walking could be hazardous to your health. Very hazardous, in fact. Researchers searching the data from 2004 through last year counted 116 deaths or injuries involving pedestrians wearing headphones or earbuds. The average age of the victim, 21. 68% were male, 55% were hit by trains, 70% of the accidents ended in death. Experts blame sensory deprivation and distraction. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, I got my I got my iPod on and like I'm just wandering across the tracks. Oh, I got killed by a train because I didn't hear it coming. <laughs> what is that? What is this? PBS? What is this? <laughs> no, it's local news. And it, which reminds me, by the way, <laughs> where are your local news clips? I've been hoping to hear once in a while. I've had you know our news here is so bad. It is so bad, and they get uh, most of the stuff is prepackaged. So I get it. You know, it's the same thing that airs everywhere. Uh, but it is, it's really, it's so freaking pathetic, John. It's really, I mean, I'll get some for you. Just, you know, we did have a local news story about a guy who was filming the cops and then he got arrested. But it's, you know, it's like, eh. You know, we know, we know this stuff. I try to, to cherry pick great stuff. We know we're all screwed. We know you can't, you know, you're, you're a terrorist, enemy combatant. We know all this stuff. We've got to have some fun on the show. C-SPAN is just that much more entertaining than the local news in Austin. I'm sorry. It's just, it's no good. It's no good. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Oh, hey. This, so, is, uh, this is good news. I think there's time to take a, uh, play the jingle and, uh, and I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. <laughs> in the morning. And we did get some donations. We finally got our spreadsheet in. Because, and here's the, the joke of it is the uh, PayPal sent me the wrong. I mean, I, 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 oh, it's a long story, but we, the one that I'm waiting for is still not come in. So I made a, I, I requested a bigger file. They sent that one. I don't know what that means. But then again, I've, I'm being radiated. 
Yeah, well, what it means is that something's amiss. And by the way, we had a letter from someone who was complaining that we didn't announce their $69 donation. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I went back and forth on it. Can you dig it up? Because it's still not here. For some reason, his donation just keeps getting bumped. And I want to read from there. And I don't like. No, man, because I, I forward that stuff to Buzzkill Jr., and he's supposed oh, okay. to put well, it in the information. We'll deal, we'll deal with it on Sunday. That's his job. But meanwhile, we got to thank a few people. Jorgen Craig Jacobson, Jacobson, mm-hmm. in Virum, our friend, is 42 today oh. on the 19th January. So he's going to be on the birthday list. Add him. Yep. Uh, I donate as a gift to myself. I look forward to get more good shows in the future. Scott Tolstoy in Palantine, Illinois, $125. Love the best podcasting universe. I can use some karma to call out for job search and family health. You've got karma. Our Amsterdam knight, Sir Peter Schnakes. Hey, P-Sneaks. Uh, one, two, three, two, one, which is a which is a palindrome we've never thought about. One hundred twenty-three dollars and twenty-one cents. Here's some palindromanian money, uh, monetary karma for the best show notes in the universe. Oh, thank you. Isn't that nice? Uh, no agenda two three seven three was a super fun to listen to, and no agenda three seven four whooped ass. Whoop it! Whoop it! Whoop it! Whoop it! Whoop it! Chad Biederman, Biderman, in Round Lake, Illinois. One two one two one. Pronounced Biederman. I'm uh, confirming my love to you in monetary form. You're the best podcast in the universe and of all of hyperspace. Please give yourselves a dose of karma for the wonderful jobs you do day in and day out. I'm sure you guys could use it. You've got karma. That's very kind. Also, the karma goes to his sick cat, Mr. Fucker. (laughs) Well, okay. A little hint. Words matter. If you keep calling your cat, hey, Mr. Fucker. Yeah, the cat may just go like, you know, I don't feel so good. Yeah, well, is I guess it's Fokker. Oh. I'm uh, just starting to recover, but I could use any help to seal the deal so I won't have to put him to sleep. Mm. You know, cats oh, die. Sorry no, to say that. That's horrible. Sir Sean Connolly, Naperville, Illinois, 100 bucks. John and Adam, donating on behalf of myself in 2112, looking for karma for Highlands Elementary and requesting a douchebag call out for Mark Mitrovich. Douchebag. Really? Yeah, he needs a karma for a karma. Absolutely. You've got karma. Thank you, Sir Sean. Sir Sean, yes. Uh, Victoria Thomas, Cape Girard, Missouri. $100. Happy birthday to Contessa Roxanne. She has listened to all the archives. She wants you guys to know she is a propagating the formula all over Tempe, Arizona. I gifted her my Super Karma coin, which is... Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it barely bailed me out for not donating on her behalf in time for her birthday on January 16th. So add, add Contessa, yeah. Contessa Roxanne on her behalf for the birthday of the 16th. She remained graceful about the gifts I did send. But parents, I warn you, if your kids listen, donate and or be prepared for subtle admonishment. That's good. Good word. What does that mean? That means the kids say, Malcolm, you're not donating. Oh. <laughs> you listen to the show and you never donate. Yeah, you're a douchebag, Mom. Adam, the poor, the Labor Day lawnmower you did just cracked her up. The what? What? So please play her for that. What? What was the Labor Day lawnmower? John, she says you remind her of me. I'll take that as a compliment. I hope she's lucky enough to skip to Prince Charming and meet a decent night one day. Apparently he goes on with the little girl. Kevin Thomas in Smyrna, Georgia, ninety nine ninety nine. I don't know what the, what the uh, lawnmower thing was. I, I don't know either, man. Evgeny... Kovalev 
in New York City. 6969, I demand myself an oral sex license. <laughs> Karma would also be helpful. Oralsexlicense.com. There's a new domain we got to work on. You've got Karma. Yes, this is a special donation. Uh, it's the help getting you laid donation. 69. Matt Carrixman. Matt Carrixman. I, I think Carrixman, probably. Carrixman, I can't say. It's pronounced Kerexman. There you go. Or John Sanity. He's in Portland, 50, or 6666, which is weird. You've got a bunch of those, which is a, a palindrome. In the morning, gentlemen, I waited over a month since I first called out my first old college roommate, Ryan Little, for being a non donating douchebag, and he still hasn't donated, so please call him out again. Douchebag. Ryan. I will, Ryan. I will keep this up until he donates. Good. I have been out propagating the formula and have turned my boss, Sean Potts, into a regular listener to speed up his conversion from boner to donor. Let's call him out as well. Hey, that's real smart. Douchebag. Douchebag the boss. boss. Yeah. Call out your boss a douchebag. Great. <laughs> Thanks again for the best podcast in the universe. Uh, Andrea Garnier, Dame Andrea to you in Rocky Mount, Alberta, uh, Canada. Uh, she says... Hey, guys, I got a PR initiative I need the No Agenda Army to help me with. Go to Macworld's Facebook page and vote for my picture on the Get Your Geek On t-shirt contest. I'm the one wearing the No Agenda t-shirt. Oh, hold on. That's a good idea. Thank you so much for helping him, helping me hit them in the mouth. You rock. Uh, hold on a second. What is the, what is the page? Oh, damn. Macworld's Facebook page. <sighs> hold on. I got to log in. Oh, Facebook page. Geez, this is why I don't use Facebook. Hey, why get, do I have to log in? Because I, I block the cookies and everything. Get your geek on t-shirt contest. <clears throat> okay. Is she in there? I'm trying to find it. Hold on. This well, you're is, looking? Yeah. Let me read a few more. Yeah. Gerald Keller in Brookstondale, New York. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you, Adam and Dave. What? As a first-time donor, could I have a de-douching? <laughs> I'd like some karma. Give me a de-douching karma. I am Dave C. Dvorak. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. <laughs> hey, Dave. Hey, citizen. Hey, Dave. How you doing, everybody? Hey, citizen. <laughs> Michael Holland in Mignier somewhere. Uh, How does this thing work? 6502. You're what? You're on the Facebook page? Yeah, I'm on the Facebook page. I'm, and it says right there, it has a really big sign. It says, uh, get your geek on contest, right? Macworld, iWorld, get your geek on t-shirt contest. Enter for a chance to win a $500 shopping spree at Macworld, iWorld. You can't click on the, on the, on the picture of anything. Then there's t-shirt contest. You click on that. And what does it show you? It shows you the same thing. I don't oh, understand. It iterates. That's no good. I don't understand Facebook. Maybe, uh, maybe you have to go to their wall or something. Jeez, I don't. I don't I know, Michael I don't, Holland gave whatever. a sixty-five hundred two, which is an old processor chip. Donation is Levation. Hi, John and Adam. Mike Holland here, the other producer, and get Gitmo Nation Stinky Fromage. Fifty-first. Hey! birthday on friday the 20th so i thought i'd take the occasion to send some more cash and ask for a karma shot yes thank you so much that's very kind of you and he wants to see the hot pockets euro land invasion 2009 tour yeah we'll do it right after the civil war ends then we'll uh we'll and he's on the birthday list i hope um michelle orland yes 
Christopher Mater in Manalapan, New Jersey, which is a ritzy little community. In the morning, that's where Bill Ziff had a 100,000-foot house built. 100,000 100, square foot? Something like that. No. It's got like, uh, he's got, he had a big mountain in the back, and he didn't like where it was sitting, so he had the entire mountain moved. <laughs> <laughs> they have too much money. Uh, in the morning, citizens, I'm a monthly subscriber who's hoping to become a knight this year. However, I need to ask for some karma in order to accomplish this goal. The karma will be hopefully put towards but not obtaining a new job, but rather retaining one. Eight months ago, my MILF slave was given a promotion to manage the busiest outlet store in her retail chain. Despite the longer hours, we were excited at this prospect because in the last steeping, stepping stone in her 13-year career, next step would be the nice guy pay bump and nice pay bump and a corporate gig. The last year, she discovered that her entire management team is involved with illegal gambling during business <laughs> hours on the premises. Uh, no. Of course, she reported it, but now has been informed by the douchebags and human resources You're that her out. job may be on the line as well. You're out. As you can imagine, this will oh, make no. it difficult to pursue the American dream of just getting by, so I could use a douchebag call out for the bastards who calls this douchebag. Douchebag. If I can get her... Uh, uh, she needs a shot of karma. If I can get their names, I'll see if we can get them on a win, loser, drone, or maybe a ticket on the next Italian-bound cruise. <laughs> All right, here's some karma for that. What a story. Wow. You've got karma. And by the way, I found it. I found Dame Andrea. Now listen to this. So Dame Andrea, by the way, smoking. Very milthy. She's got her No Agenda white t-shirt on. She's got eight votes. And then there's this guy, John Davis, who's some douchebag... Who's got 131 votes? Oh, man, it's going to be tough to catch up. I mean, seriously? And this guy's a total douche knuckle. Like, you know, like... Uh, wow. Right, well, why don't we get the people to go vote her up? Yeah, vote her up. Okay, here's Christopher's Grace and Tunton Bridge, Kent. $60. I thought he sent 69 Well, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I got to get on the stick with this stuff. I got to put it to book. Dear John and Adam, this is my. We will take care of you on Sunday. This is my first ever donation. I've been listening to the show on and off for several years, and finally persuaded by your donating his love argument. Unfortunately, I'm not drunk at the time of writing, although I disagree with you on several areas of. Uh, I do appreciate being exposed to alternative perspectives on current affairs and hearing you ask each other challenging questions. Why? Because yeah, that's Thursday a great question. This is my 26th birthday, so please send me some karma. Also, call out my brother Tom as a douchebag. Oh man, I can't believe that douchebag. And then and Christopher needs some karma. Absolutely. And we'll, and he's on the birthday list as well. You've got And karma. apparently Tom, Tom the douchebag, has been listening much longer than me and has never donated. His 20th birthday is right next to mine on the 18th. Well, yeah. he, well we're not going to congratulate him because yeah. he's no, a douchebag. Yes, of course. Anthony Benson in Quakers Hill, New South Wales, 5520. Uh, hi, John. It's Tony Benson from Quakers Hill, New South Wales again. The earthquake machine capital of the world. After the Japanese quack, 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 and the rather large mistake we made calculating the new Richter scale, oops, things have been rather quiet around here. But more importantly, my wonderful wife Jane and I have a baby ready to pop out in a couple of weeks, and I'd like to request a karma call out for her. Oh, absolutely. A little uh, new human resource karma. You've got karma. She will need it during the extraction process and in the next <laughs> first few weeks of no sleep, wet diapers, and crying, but we are both excited about meeting the latest addition to our family. What is he, what, what he going to be doing? Apparently, so, apparently, Tony is, is not doing the, the, night, the midnight feeding. 
Sam Jackson, <laughs> Seattle, Washington, double nickels on the dime. I've had much more interesting message composed to you, but my PayPal session timed out. I was lost. But in a nutshell, keep reading those bills. Can I get a D-douche and some karma for a raise? Absolutely. You've been D-douched. You've got karma. Wow. Yeah. Also, double nickels on the dime from Sir Justin Seitz in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'd like to thank Adam for his deconstruction of a thicker who is system for being proposed. I'd like to suggest the following movie for No Agenda Film Library, A Noble Lie, Oklahoma City, 1995. That, from is, Mind Films. that is outstanding. It shows how uh, uh, Holder was a part of the cover up of uh, that being an FBI uh, false flag gone wrong. It's an outstanding documentary. It suggests uh, that you, that both of you have said that McVeigh was a patsy in the government and a government operative. I'd like to also request karma for Ron Paul and everyone in, who, in the words of David Icke, is exposing the dreamland we believe is real. Okay. Yeah, right on. You've got yeah. karma. Absolutely. No, he's, a, he's a knight, so he can say whatever he wants. Kent O'Rourke, Frostburg, Maryland, double nickels on the dime. Want to get some karma for Ron Paul? Again, give him another one. Absolutely. Love doing that. You've got karma. Tyler Smith in Calgary, Alberta, $50.01. Bring back Cranky Geeks. That won't happen. Greg Tippett, Point Lonsda, Victoria, uh, $50. Von Klitschka in Salem, Oregon, $50. Designed a poster inspired by your show. You asked me what it is. Good question. It's based on One Nation Under Drone. Uh, and he's got a little link there. You can check out the... Uh, the poster, and I'll continue. George Scanlon, $50. Joshua Polson, Ridgefield, Washington, $50. He's our last donor. Shergal on the chat room uh, to the best podcast in the universe. You guys give bones, deserved grief over stupid plot lines, and then turn around and make all sorts of inaccurate comments. That's us. Yeah, there you Here's go. Here's a couple of corrections. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Feels 300 feet, not 300 yards. Yes, this is true. Yes. That was, was you. Just, that was you. Know, you. I, that, that was, was me. You. I said I was thinking, you know, three hundred. This is a hundred yards. It's a football field. Now I was, I, I'm not going to believe this next one. This is bull crap. Effective range of an AK-47 is five hundred yards. Fifteen hundred. I'm calling bull crap on that. I've shot AK-47s. <laughs> Highly inaccurate. No, he didn't say it was accurate. At, but he at, says it, effect. Oh, effective range. I'm sorry. Effective range, five hundred yards. Yeah. Did we say different? When, when were we talking about? Ah, who in the hell I knows? Know. I don't know, yes, a rocking boat is not good conditions. All bullets fall to the ground as they are affected by gravity. Arc downward. Okay. But you aim higher, darn it. You can hit targets at 100 yards with a pistol, and you can figure out where to aim. The Coast Guard U.S. installations are all around all the right, world. So, so what are you trying to say, Joshua? That we're idiots? We know. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> what a bummer. I'm a football what a, fan. What a, I know how many what yards. What a bummer. Do, well, uh, you messed that one up. Blur, you know, we're talking. This is, show is not rehearsed. This is not yeah. scripted. Yeah. If you want your scripted show, yeah. go to CNN or go to listen to old, uh, old Michelle Obama trying yeah. to read a line. I mean, right. come on. Yeah, that, that's so funny. It's like, you know, we make lots of assertions and people are like, you're wrong, man. You're wrong. Of course we're wrong. We're wrong all the time. And you point it out and we say, yeah, there you go. We were and wrong. We usually correct most of our errors on the show because of the chat room, which is carefully monitored. Oh, yeah. No, we, we can't get away with nothing. But uh, uh, Dear Adam uh, and John, Karma works. After my donation to your fantastic show on Thursday, I made a trip up north to Redwood City, California to see my girlfriend, Lindsay. 
On the way up, right in between Fort Hunter Liggett and Greenfield, I was pulled over by a highway patrol for speeding. This was on Highway 101 and was after the stretch of 101 that has a 70 miles per hour speed limit. So the limit was 65. I was doing 85. So I didn't try to deny my speed to the officer, but just took responsibility for my actions. And the kind man let me off with a warning. Now, the ticket for being 20 miles per hour over the speed limit in California, vehicle code 22350, unsafe speed, is currently $328. Now, I figured that I donated $111.33 to y'all, so I actually saved or created (laughs) $216.67. No agenda karma pays for itself. Cheers. Thank you very much, Tyler. Huh. Uh, P.S. John needs to know how to read the difference between scrapped and scraped. Another thing you've done wrong. <laughs> you're, you're ruining the show. You're, you're ruining the show, everybody. Giving I, is loving. I want to mention... Lovingloving.com. No, Let it finish. I, I want to mention a, the letter from Kevin Thomas that begins, Dear Crack Whore and Buzz Duck Bill... I don't have this. In the morning, I've been a faithful listener for a year, and I decided I needed to get off my boner and be a donor, and therefore sent ninety nine ninety nine to start my way to knighthood. Please give, send some karma my way to rid me of the ass jackals I deal with on the daily basis. <laughs> wow! Here's some anti ass jackal karma coming your way. Wow. You've got karma. My goodness, ass jackals! I hate that. So anyway, okay. I think that'll have to wrap it for today. We have some make goods on Sunday. We did uh, have some problems with the spreadsheet today. Okay. I want to remind people if they can get their uh, donations in by midnight of the night before we do the show. Because we have been pushing it and doing it in the morning, but uh, I may. Uh, yeah. Also, please. This- yeah. Please also don't send me something on Sunday or Thursday morning, like a whole PDF, and say you'll love this. It'll be great for the show. Yeah. I have, you know, you're supposed to send that at other times. Don't expect it to be on that show. I mean, you know, I get all kinds of stuff. People send morning of, like, this is when I'm, all the work is done. The morning of is when, you know, we're collecting, we're organizing. Take a look at the show notes, 375.nashownotes.com. You'll see what kind of work goes into it. And uh, don't forget the clips and stuff uh, portion where everything that you heard on the show was also uh, uh, uploaded and available for download. All part of the service here. Uh, that we provide to you, and it is uh, only provided to you by you, by your kind donations and love. Go to Dvorak.org slash N-A. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And we have some alternative destinations. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, am I going on vacation? Or- <laughs> What destinations? What des- Let me think. Was I going somewhere? I, it's possible. Yeah, Maybe hmm. was I going to Austin, yeah, well, Los Angeles? Be something yes, Dvorak.org slash NA is the primary place to help us uh, in this effort. Also, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendanation.com, and noagendashow.com. There's a donate button on both those sites, and they're in different parts of the universe. So if Dvorak.org is blocked, you can find one of these other sites and click on there. Hopefully they have their own uh, page so it doesn't go back to Dvorak.org slash NA. And remember, the donating is loving. That's what it's all about. We're giving you love uh, twice a week, five hours a week, 20 hours a month of pure, unadulterated, moist love. A much better deal. Giving. Yes. 
a much better deal than the movies or the or, or sport sporting event. I mean, this game coming up on uh, Sunday with the 49ers, is it costs you $500,000 to get a ticket. <laughs> oh, I really? Mean, come on. What a bargain. <laughs> All right. Let me end it up here. <laughs> Giving is loving. <laughs> GivingLoving.com <laughs> Contessa Roxanne, uh, we have uh, Jürgen Krog Jacobson, who congratulates himself. He turns 42 today. Uh, Michael Holland turns 51 uh, tomorrow. And Christopher Scrace congratulates himself. He will turn 26 tomorrow. And congratulates his brother Tom, who turned 28 uh, yesterday. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And then, uh, of course, we sent out the memo for the palindrome uh, donations, and there's a number of them that you can uh, uh, that you can participate in if you go to Dvorak.org slash na. And of course, a lot of people want to get on the twelve 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 night donation, which of course will be announced on twelve twelve twelve, and you get double credits for it on the uh, the date that you achieve uh, such a prestigious knighthood, as well as on the special twelve 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 edition of the No Agenda Show. And our very first one is none other than well, actually, let's uh, draw the swords here first. Cross swords with me, Johnny. Come here on, here comes, here comes. <laughs> I don't think he got the reference. Ah, uh, Frank Rowe, a.k.a. Gitmo Slave, step forward and kneel, son. You'll be uh, wearing a nice ring. And it's courtesy of all the people who appreciate all the work that you have done for the No Agenda program, the best podcast in the universe. And therefore, you are the very first 12-12-12 knight. I hereby pronounce thee Sir Frank, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Oh, boy. Don't tell your wife, but I got hookers and blow over here. Red boys and Chardonnay, hot pants and booze just for you, my friend. Good job. And thank you, everybody, for uh, doing that for... Uh, Gitmo slave. You can always fight. He's always around. He's always, always, always doing something for the show. Yeah, no, Gitmo slave's a good guy. Very good guy. Now he's a knight. All right. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Space Wars. Space Wars. Uh, it's now official. No, it's official. In the same, not just the same week, but the same day when. Uh, starting to sound a little like Clinton if you can get that breaking thing going. In the same... Oh, I can't do it now. Whoa! <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Whoops. Never mind. The Go very, on. The very same day. very same day. No, that, forget yeah. it. Forget it. You lost so, it. So, Phobos Grunt. We've been corrected Grunt. by our uh, Russian uh, producers. Grunt. Uh, so, this thing uh, crashed. And, of course, the, uh, the Russians are saying, hey, man, it was a U.S. radar... Uh, from the Marshall Islands, uh, whose megawatt impulse triggered the, malf- the malfunction. You guys, you guys, you sunk my battleship. You sunk my Phobos Grunt. So what happens immediately? Hillary Clippity Club Clinton comes out and says the following. Unfortunately, she only wrote it. She didn't say it because it would have been funnier if she said it. But the long-term sustainability of our space environment is at serious risk from space debris and irresponsible actors. Is George Clooney in space now? I mean, is it really? Has it gotten to that point? And so irresponsible actors. Well, how many people are up there? Ensuring the stability, safety, and security of our space systems is of vital interest to the United States and the global community. So, unless the international community addresses these challenges, the environment around our planet will become increasingly hazardous to human spaceflight and satellite systems. Really? 
In response to these challenges, the United States has decided to join with the European Union and other nations to develop an international code of conduct for outer space activities. You know, I can't wait to read this legal document. That's going to be hilarious because I've been saying for years there are space wars going on. There are people shooting stuff out of the sky. And here, clippity-clop Lucifer Clinton admits it. Irresponsible actors. When they say actors, John, of course, they actually mean actors. Yeah, that's exactly what they mean. And they're irresponsible, apparently. Nicholas Cage, man, stop blowing stuff out of the sky. But when they say that, don't they mean, I mean, actors is like terrorists, right? In their well, language. They mean countries. Well, yeah, of course. And Australia jumps on board immediately. This is on the same day. Australia has announced it is backing a European Union push for the new international code of conduct for behavior in space. <laughs> what would be in this, do you think? Hey, man. It, it's going to be ludicrous. You can't cross and the double. Be, they'll slip in some stuff about food safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, man, you can't cross the double line in space, motherfucker. Say, I don't want to see you doing that. Foreign Minister Kevin Rudd made the announcement yesterday on the same day the U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton declared humankind's involvement in space was at risk from irresponsible actors. While neither Australia nor the U.S. named these actors... Secret U.S. diplomatic cables obtained by WikiLeaks reveal a half-decade war of words between Beijing and Washington over what the U.S. describes as China's anti-satellite weapons testing program. Come on, man. Give me some props for calling the space war. It's true. Hey, citizen. Don't turn left on a, on a, on a green light in space. Hey, citizen. Please go through the scanner before you go to Mars. Hey, citizen. There'll be no double parking on the moon. I can't wait to see this legislation. Yeah, yeah. The International Code of Conduct for Behavior in Space. What else? Like, you can't slurp your soup, maybe? I don't know. It's not going to be. It's going to be. There's <laughs> going to be something stupid in there, but it's, they're going to be slipping something in. You know, I'll be right. The minute it comes out, you know, I'll be. I'll be. Stop everything I'm doing. Uh, by the way, um, Tomorrow, Ms. Mickey and I are leaving for uh, Bone Air for one week. This is in the Netherlands Antilles. It actually didn't is. you go to Bone Air once before? Yes, we did, and uh, so we've been invited by my uh, first boss, actually, uh, Lex. Uh, Lex Luthor. That's, <laughs> that's right. Do we have to discuss the international behavior uh, laws in space? That's right, Lex Luthor. <laughs> that's right. Well, enough said. Um, the show will, of course, continue as regularly scheduled. We will just uh, continue it. Um, it, of course, might be rather interesting. You know how it goes. It was pretty pretty mediocre, uh, the reception. Tough. No, actually, yeah. now that I think about it, it was actually better than it, we both expected. It so was it should be-, be better this year than it was before. So it should be actually quite good. Well, we're hoping so. Because uh, we actually haven't had like any uh, vacation time. You know, it's a Hot Pockets tour. We went straight through, and then we moved. And so we, we need to, like, just be able to, in between the show, and I'll just be sitting uh, on the beach uh, watching C-SPAN on my laptop. But uh, we'll have a, a show as regularly scheduled because that's what we do. Even uh, during holidays and vacations, the show continues. Uh, that is uh, our version of our love to you. So I just want everyone to know that. Um, 
I, man, we're, we're getting towards the end here. I have one last thing, uh, but I want to make sure I leave it open. For, oh, wait. This is very important, actually. Uh, Tricky Nikki from Zurich, one of our producers. Did you catch this note? Uh, no. He's in Zurich. Or maybe I did read it. He's in Zurich. Tricky Nikki. A very good friend of mine who works... <laughs> uh, for uh, Price Waterhouse Coopers in Zurich and is on assignment in their London office has been assigned constructing a value added tax for the US. They are contracted by the United States government. As depressing as this is, I thought best to pass it on to you and the listeners. I'm guessing you will start to dig around for VAT in the US, so I'll listen for your feedback on the show. This is the kind of listeners we have. Yeah, and it's it, it just to provide us with more, more detailed, depressing information. is essentially the, what we get. But that, I mean, that that to me is huge news. That's, it is that's huge like news, breaking but, news. But, yeah. So obviously, it's it's gone far enough that they needed to do, but they didn't. What they wanted to outsource it. We can't even we can't even insource our own value added tax. So they ship it overseas so they can set up a system. And when they, so when they roll it out, it's a smooth transition audit. Boom. Next day, you're being charged extra money for buying a, a, you know, a pizza. And pizzas, by the way, are not cheap as it is. No, they're not. All right. Do you have anything left? Because I got one last well, I thing. I just want to talk a little bit about this. I think we have it. It should be in the show notes. The opposition file on Romney. Uh, what do you, maybe what are you referring to? Oh, okay. Well, there's this. There's a guy out there who found the uh, found John McCain's 2008 document on. Uh, it's 200 pages of because uh, hmm. you got it. I thought you had a copy of it or a, a list. I we you didn't pay attention obviously no, to the email. No, I, I missed something. Oh, yeah, you sent me. Yeah, it was huge. It's very huge. But if you go, I just wanted. It's and we'll have a link to it. It's a PDF file that somebody put on the internet in fact there's a link we can just put the link yeah i'll put so it on to right carry now. the file yeah but uh it has at the end of it is quite funny because there's all these quotes from romney that uh according to chris matthews uh doesn't write his own jokes and in fact you might want to play the chris matthews clip where he busts romney for a, for a one-liner and then he names the writer Responsibility or taking credit for helping create jobs like Al Gore taking credit for the Internet. You know, that's another Stu Spencer line there, the Internet. They don't come from Romney. What do you think, Mark? Do you think he cooks up those Lucille Ball lines and Kardashian lines himself? I don't think so. Let me ask you about this thing here. Well, luckily, uh, Chris Matthews is the epitome of humor. Yeah, well, he thinks he's well. He's also he was an ex speech writer, so he knows the, the the all the speech writers, and they know this guy Steve Spencer, I guess, who's a funny guy. But anyway, I don't know how long he's been using the guy, but they've got. Uh, uh, this is a big one, ass, this is a big ass file, John. I'm saying it'll be in the clips and stuff in the show notes three seven five dot show notes dot com. But you've got to read some of these uh, some of these quotes at the end. He's uh, let me see if I can find just a couple to give a little tease here. Uh, get to the end. There it is. Please, uh, uh, quote, I'm wary of anyone who parlays background money and hair to political success, which would be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romney quotes, I thought becoming rich and famous would make me happy. Boy, was I right. <laughs> 
<laughs> really? That's, that's let, me, let me find that. That's a good line. <laughs> that's a great Another line. Another one, he says, uh, uh, quote, I haven't urged my children to enlist in the military. Um... Uh, he says, uh, there's no actual quote, but he says, Romney says he bet with Pataki on the American League Championship Series. The winner gets Connecticut. <laughs> hey, that's that's not possible, man, because we've got producers who already own Connecticut. You can't just yeah. take that. Uh, and there's some other stuff. He says Romney mocks Kerry saying he threw his yarmulke into the ring. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway, it goes on and on. There's like a million of these things. This thing is just a 200-page document. A dossier, this is actual dossier that you don't get to see too many of these, that are always prepared by these campaigns. Each campaign will do these for the other their, yeah, yeah, their so competitors. Expl explain that a little bit, because I, I think that would kind of got lost in the translation. Uh, everybody running for a political office in the primary level, they have a huge staff that goes out and they work up a paper on the competition, each competitor, and it's, a, it's essentially a it's a 200-page dossier on the guy, everything he said that's public knowledge, everything he's done when he was governor, everything he did, where he was born, where his houses are, what they're worth. It's like a, it's like, it's like a, something you'd find in the CIA file, right. and it's just it's fascinating, and this was leaked out because these things are rare to ever run into. There's apparently some guy who collects them. This was leaked out for obvious reasons as part of some campaign to smear, which I think Romney smears himself with some of the things he says, like defending the NDAA uh, the military uh, takeover of the government. Yeah, or, let's uh, go kill Iranian. Uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to say that. Right, go ahead. Let's kill Iranian people. Let's just kill Iranians. Kill them. Yeah, that and the Iranian things. The guys are Sand terrible. bunnies. Kill them. Iranians. Get rid of them. He's kill them. And this is actually is the 2008 material that was dug up by McCain. And uh, it's a very interesting document and well worth uh, anyone spending some time with. It's a real eye roller in some places. It starts with his biography, goes to social issues, his economic perspective on things, foreign policy, domestic policy, business record. They talk about, you know, he's never really... His foreign policy sucks. He's never been out of the country. He was on a mission when he was a Mormon, uh, and his mission was in France. So you can imagine the bicycling going on out there. And that's how he learned French, I guess. And uh, he started off at Stanford University for a year, went on his mission for three years, came back and got his degree from Brigham Young. And uh, it's just everything, everything you ever want to know about the guys in here. It's actually kind of uh, amazing. So what will be cool about my trip to Bone Air is um, Lex has a new uh, girlfriend. Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor has a new girlfriend. And uh -huh. uh, she's Iranian. And I'm very Ooh. excited. Uh, first of you all... debrief her yes, before he does. Exactly. Yo! <laughs> first of all, she's hot. And most Persian people are just beautiful, I have to say. Just like they're stunning. <clears throat> Except for that douchebagette, Valerie Jarrett. Um but yeah, and he uh, was in Iran for a month uh, a couple weeks ago with her, and so she, so he really got the inside uh, inside, inside look. Ground stuff, yeah, yeah, so I'll, you know, I'll get I'll get some real uh, boots on the ground uh, feedback on. Uh, man, I hope they don't hate us. I hope they just see it's a bunch of elitist pricks. Because you know, can you imagine if you're like Dutch and you just see some. Some idiot with with pasted on hair saying we need to go kill these people, or German. It's, you know, it's kind of frightening to me. 
Well, I don't think they get much of the news. It'll be interesting. Oh, I, I think you're wrong, my friend. I think you're very wrong. I think they know exactly what's going on. Well, we'll see when you on. get back. We, we expect. No, no, we'll, uh, we'll do it on the. Oh, actually, when no, I'm there. it'll be on the real, real time. You're going to yeah. tell us next Sunday. This Sunday. Sunday, yes. Yeah, uh, the debriefing will be complete by Sunday for sure. Okay, well, we'll oh, look yeah. forward to that. All right, the final thing I have, which... This is uh, the time for them to scramble the broadcast. <laughs> Actually, I have two final things. One is something taking place in New York City. It's called a terahertz imaging detector. NYPD Deputy Commissioner Paul Brown on what it does. It's capable it of does. outlining if someone's carrying a gun underneath <laughs> their clothing without x-rays. How does it work? It's essentially measuring what is given off naturally in the uh, environment from a person. Sure. No, and no, if a no. gun is blocking those admissions, no. uh, it traces it. Yeah, that's real natural. Terahertz waves, so they have a gun. Well, actually, it continues. On a, on a screen. So far, he says it's effective at 3 to 5 meters. The department wants it to work from 25 meters out or 80 feet. Hey, citizen. Let me just uh, scan you. Hey, citizen. Let me scan you from 25 feet. Terahertz waves? Really, John? Yeah, terahertz waves are interesting. If somebody is a, if one of our younger listeners wants to get in uh, <laughs> wants to get certain kinds of physics or, or get involved with this, anyone who really gets a terahertz, uh, who gets their act together with terahertz radiation will have a job for life. It's a very... Uh, interesting. It's essentially, I think it begins like 300 gigahertz, which is extremely high frequency. And then it moves to just be, just beneath where light begins, which is uh, the infrared. So it's that range from 300 gigahertz to infrared. Uh, and then light comes after that. And you can, you know, light, we can see with our eyeballs, but you can't see these waves, these terahertz waves. Although we think some animals might be able to see it. So and, are they are they a danger to uh, to humans? Nobody knows for sure. Oh, okay. Well, of course, it's uh, it completely blows the Fourth uh, Amendment because it's uh, you know you're just being scanned everywhere. Yeah, just that's this is so it's between between microwave and visible light. It's just terahertz area. Well, if I wasn't and sterile after that tissue box, I will does be in New have York. the ability to uh, radiate your balls. We don't know. I mean, there's a very interesting uh, um, technology, but it could be blowing out your eyeballs for all you know. It could be giving people cataracts. You don't know what this does. It's so high. The frequency is so high, but it's almost impossible. I, I, in fact, that anyone, maybe they can get some terahertz sensors, but to, to deliver a terahertz is not, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I've been reading about it on and off over a number of years because I know if a company comes up with a really good way to produce these waves and they also identify them, uh, measure them, as it were, mm -hmm. they would, just big money, big money. Oh, interesting. The chat room just uh, handed me a link from Technology Review published by MIT. Title of the document How Terahertz Waves Tear Apart DNA. <laughs> yeah, they, this is also sometimes, I think the, when people refer to the millimeter wave, right. they're talking about terror. Right. Hey, citizen, let me just tear apart your DNA. It's, I, I've heard this. <laughs> uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, the police now have portable fingerprint scanners, and uh, 125 officers have now been uh, outfitted with these, so we can check you on the spot. They're connected to their Blackberries. Uh. Leave, people. Leave. You must get out. 
before it's too late. All right, that wasn't my final thing. The final thing I wanted to talk about, uh, there's a huge PR push going on right now, and we already saw this coming on Sunday. This is the Leroy 12. The 12 girls uh, in upstate New York near Buffalo in Leroy. Oh, what, the shakes? Who uh, have Tourette-like syndrome. And uh, it's only girls. It's 12 of them. And, of course, um, I immediately said this has got to be Gardasil. There's, you know, this it's like the HPV vaccine, uh, which is, by the way, jacked up with adjuvants, all kinds of nastiness. And, you know, we've seen all kinds of horrible things happen, uh, girls dying. And uh, Anderson Pooper has been uh, drafted to dispel the myth. And we're going to deconstruct this report. So first they did a, uh, a, a whole report and they showed these poor girls. They're twitching. They're, fr- they're like me, actually, which leads me to believe that because my Tourette's didn't start until I was six or seven. If I could only find my immunization, uh, my vaccination sheet, which I'm sure exists somewhere, I'll bet you that this started after I got immunized for something. Because I'm sure the uh, adjuvants were all the rage back in you know 1970 or whatever it was. You think that's possible? Maybe. Uh, it, yeah, it's possible. Adjuvants are that we t- we beat this to death about two years ago on some of our shows uh, aren't necessarily a good thing. So of course, uh, if you uh, if you search on the internet. If you do Leroy 12, it's like, boom, everyone's Gardasil, Gardasil, Gardasil. So um, they bring on Sanjay. So they do this report, and it's so sad to see these girls. I mean, it's, it's messed up. I'm like, I've lived with this for 47, you know, 40 years, and I know what it's like. It sucks, and I don't have it as severe as they do, and I have some of it under control, but it's, it's not fun. Uh, if you're a kid, you know, because you could not nah, now nah, no one gives a crap. I don't have to pick up any chicks. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm set. So um, now they have to go out and dispel the Gardasil myth. So um, you'll find everywhere that this has been deemed mass hysteria. Yeah, now, I love that. So <laughs> remember mass hysteria. mass hysteria. Now, remember that they wouldn't tell anyone what it was, that it was a federal issue, and uh, the doc- which, of course, is so outrageous that the doctors won't tell their patients what's wrong with them. So they had to scramble. But now that the meme is out there about Gardasil, they have to go and combat it. They have to fight it. So, as we say, if you can't cover it up, turn it up. So what they're doing is they're now, everyone has been given the news, and we're going to deconstruct this clip because Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Professor Dr. Sanjay Gupta for CNN the biggest shill for the pharmaceutical industry ever, and Anderson Pooper, who will do anything for money, are now trained to tell you it is not Gardasil, and it's, uh, the report blew me away. We will have to stop it several times to discuss. ...in the same school, but so far it seems like no real explanation. What factors have the state health department ruled out? 
Well, they're looking for commonalities uh, between all these girls. Uh, we know they went go to the same school, uh, but they're in different grades. They're not necessarily friends with each other. Uh, they, they, they don't all participate in the same activities. So, you know, those commonalities really weren't there uh, as a starting point. Then they start looking at things that the girls may have been exposed to, uh, you know, air quality, for example, some sort of environmental exposure. And again, uh, they, they brought people in who were independent uh, to the school to test. They didn't find anything that, that could cause these sorts of symptoms. Okay. So right there, they brought people in who were independent to test. No interview with these people. We don't know who they are. There's no name of the agency. They, they're, just, I mean, they're just lying. They're just saying stuff. Then they also look at things like medicines, including vaccines, the Gardasil vaccine. Oh, boy. No mention of Cervarax. No mention of the flu vaccine. No mention of whooping cough vaccine. Only Gardasil. Mm. And again, Telling. So that wasn't a, a causative factor. It wasn't a causative factor. Causative factor. I think causative, also an interesting word. Why? So, you know, they start to tick off the list, and in the end... Oh, he just glossed right over it. The, the answer may be sort of uh, not knowable for sure. They, they just don't have a definitive answer ever. How, how do they know that the Gardasil vaccine is not uh, at the root of this? Very interesting. Why are we bringing it up again? Why are we not talking about all the other vaccines? Only Gardasil. How can we know it's not Gardasil? Because this is a message to you viewers, you dumb sheep. This is a message. It's not Gardasil. Not that it matters because all United States uh, pharmaceutical companies are immune from being sued by law, but it would kill sales, wouldn't it? Well, simply because not all the girls got the Gardasil vaccine. And oh, really? Unfortunately, there's no evidence of that. He's just saying it. There's no reporting. There's no reports anywhere. All I see uh, that I read online is, yeah, she had Gardasil, Gardasil, Gardasil. This was a you know prominent theory. A lot of people saying, look, Gard ah, prominent theory. Uh -huh. Gardasil uh, could it cause side effects like this? And this is something they explored. But simply, Anderson, the girls, there are girls who have these symptoms who did not get the vaccine. They're ah, they explored it. They they explored it, but they simply did not release any information. They just but Gardasil. It's not whatever. It's not Gardasil. It's not Gardasil. We didn't test any other vaccines, but it's not Gardasil. There have also been reports that the girls are being treated for, for stress, and health officials told us their symptoms are getting better. Can stress, though, cause these kind of symptoms? Ah, okay. Now we're getting to the meat of it. There's a specific sort of pattern of diagnosis in this situation. They look to see, uh, does someone exhibit the specific symptoms, tick-like symptoms in this case? Did, th did these symptoms perhaps, uh, were they preceded by stress? Uh, if you take away the stress, do the symptoms seem to get better? But, but mainly, I'll tell you, Anderson, in, in medicine, we call it a diagnosis of exclusion, meaning that after you've ruled out everything else, you're sort of left with this is the probable, uh, probable answer. Okay, so what is the probable answer, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, miracle man of medicine? I've also seen this being referred to as mass hysteria. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is it possible they're yeah. faking it, or is it possible this is some sort of... I mean, what does that mean, mass hysteria? Mass hysteria. You know, when they talk about mass hysteria, it's sort of a, it's a, a more um, you know, lay term. You know, people refer to a mass psychosis uh, as well. Uh, what I will tell you, though, and this is important. This is very important. John, it's important. Pay attention. This is important information. You are now being programmed. This is important information. Listen to Sanjay Gupta, Medical Miracle. Is that, uh, there are very good ways to determine if someone is faking something. Uh, you know, I think that that's going to be the conclusion a lot of people jump to when they watch this. Uh, there's, there's good ways to figure out if someone's faking it. In this case, they say they are 
are not faking it. I mean, the girls really experience this, and we're getting to the point now, Anderson, I find this fascinating, that in the brain, you could see some changes as a result of this that you can measure. We're not, we're okay, so we can now measure your brain to show that you have mass hysteria. This is the most disgusting that is thing. Bull crap. I saw I mean it's like they have a super lie detector and things change in your brain and this is exciting this is important information and we can now measure this and we know that you're whether you're lying or not but you have mass hysteria. They don't, they don't do this uh, you know uh, widespread yet but this is something that's coming down the pike. Mm. It's new technology. How severe are the symptoms? Do we know? I mean, when I think of Tourette's, I think of stuff from movies of people yelling obscenities or, or having tics. Well, no, no. I mean, you know, th these types of tics, I mean, they, they can be quite significant. And some of the uh, girls have, have, have talked about it quite openly. And uh, it, it is, it is it's, it's shocking, I think, a little bit, at least startling to, to watch them. But I will tell you, you know, observing and hearing about these girls, um, you, you, you see sort of a wide range. And, uh, you know, so some have much more severe symptoms than the other, where they're literally having uncontrollable body movements and involuntary, uh, you know, they, they utter involuntary words. Um, but others have much more mild symptoms. And, you know, I wonder as well, Anderson, if there's people at the very low end of the spectrum in the school, if you really started to examine all the girls, if girls have really mild symptoms that they haven't Aha. told anyone about. So it could be a little bit further ranging than just this uh, dozen or so girls. <coughs> Bullshit. So, a couple of things going on. So I am convinced now, more than ever, because this is a paid-for debunking commercial, and the, and the, Gupta is stuttering through the whole thing because he knows he has to lie. Yes, he is uh, stammering way more than you ever oh, yeah. hear him stammer. Oh yeah, and all this you know new technology where we can prove that something in their brain, you know. Now, very interesting. No boys have this. Which, of course, is what immediately leads, leads everyone to think about. And we did, just don't have the reporting. We don't know if it was mandatory. At lo lots of schools, it's mandatory now they get this vaccine. But someone pointed out to me, one of our producers said, the whole reason that they're probably now talking about vaccinating boys is to get rid of these stories. Because if there were like two boys in there, then it would have been like, ah, oh, no, no, it's not Gardasil because it's not, it's not just girls. So maybe they're doing that now, and we're going to see many reports of mass hysteria. By the way, turns out there's going to be a lot more kids who are going to, it's not just the Leroy 12, it'll be more, but it'll all be like we can measure this in the brain. So we'll hook you up to our magic brain measuring device. And you don't have a Gardasil problem because we investigated vaccines, and Gardasil, 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 is Gardasil good. Blow me, pooper. And Gupta. This is a this is a huge scandal. Excuse me. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. All right, I'm glad you got that out of your system. It's not over. It is not. So, how, how long have I been? T I've been talking about Gardasil. How long, John? Four years at least. You're the one man Gardasil <laughs> sucks guy. They're gonna hook me up to a machine. And they're going to say, you don't oh, like Gardasil, huh? Yeah, we can, Give him more. We can, we can Soak him in this stuff. We can see it in his brain. He's got mass hysteria. He's got conspiracy theory syndrome. Oh, we would have to remove him from society. Hey, citizen. I'm sorry. You have to go. Come with us, Mr. Curry. All right, everybody. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. A two pet peeve show, John. <laughs> a double, a double shot. Yeah, a double, a double, a double shot. Double shot.
All right, so... Um, so what it, did we learn today, Adam? We're screwed. Oh, okay. Yeah, as usual. That's about it. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, it'll be fun. Uh, we'll do the show from Bone Air. We have listeners in Bone Air. I bet you do. We'll do a little meetup in Bone Air. Yeah, you should at the bar. And I might have some exciting news uh, during our trip, but uh, I can't talk to you about that right now. Huh. Exciting news. Coming to you from uh, Camp Mofo here in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, uh, by the way, we expect a big rainstorm for anybody around. Uh, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Great question. That's not a great question. Giving is loving. So give your love at givingloving.com. Dvorak.org slash N-A